0: You know what I've always wanted to do? What's that? You know ODB. Shit. <laughs> That's not ODB though. Yes. Brooklyn Zoo. Oh What's yeah. the first thing he says?
1: Oh yeah, but Ross. considering the content of this show, I thought it was someone else Okay, okay
0: Alright, we're live, we're live, we're live Welcome, welcome, welcome You're listening to the Breaking Atoms podcast My name is Summit, aka the Michael Parkinson of rap aka one half of the Anonymous Nerds and my co-host
1: I am his co-host, my name is Chris Mitchell aka Casanova Brown aka
0: the other half of the Anonymous Nerds and This is a new show where we'll get to the nitty gritty of the things we love It's the... You're going to have to give them the title bro It's the Breaking Atoms podcast Breaking
1: Atoms So Breaking Atoms Like my man Summit just said We're going to break things down To the very last compound Um, And for those who don't know It's also named after a very seminal Hip hop recording by Main Source Breaking Atoms is the album So if you've not heard that album Go on your YouTubes It's, It's been on Spotify for like the last couple of months Apple's Music, iTunes Make sure you get the album Breaking Atoms, Main Source, 91 Do that
0: Are you on the album? Why are you plugging it so hard, bro?
1: No, because Large Professor, who produced the album, is actually Mitchell, and we share the same name. <laughs> oh, so, he's a so Mitchell he's, as well? Yeah, he's probably <laughs> some
0: distant relative, okay, hence okay. his genius. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Big up, Large Pro. Yes, but sir. this show will be talking about everything we love that shows, movies, gaming, rap, mm-hmm. peppered with some interesting guests. So, today, what have we got today? Today, today is, I think
1: the best way to start this show we're gonna we're gonna be talking about two tv shows that we are extremely passionate about and when we say passionate we we know the scenes the characters the narratives inside out we live by some of the words and the scenes in these two shows today is going to be a comparative expose
0: the sopranos versus the wire all right let's get to it this is get to it both hbo both Mm -hmm. seminal uh both have made an impact in television of course, the uh, best place to start would be uh, Best Episodes.
1: Best Episodes. Or, I'll well, tell you what we should do. Go on. What do you think is great? So okay. you're, just, just for our listeners, okay. just so you know, Summit's going to be Summit Soprano today because he's going to be telling you why he thinks The Sopranos is the better show, even though he's a fan of The Wire. And I'm going to be Chris Barksdale or Chris Stanfield or Chris Partlow, and when, I'm going to talk about why I think The Wire is superior.
0: Let me take a, a little hit of my gabagool. Um, the Sopranos is a fantastic show. It's set up everything. So if you love Breaking Bad, there would not probably be Walter White without Tony Soprano, mm. right? Mm. He's the he's the kind of first anti-hero on screen where we kind of loved him. I, I've often wanted to wear that vest with my, you know, long shorts <laughs> and scrape and breathe loudly, much to dismay of my wife, but... Shit, I wanted to do that. Mm. And what, what the, what's great about that show is it deals with so many important themes that are still relevant today. We're talking morality, we're talking about homosexuality, feminism, violence, misogyny, everything encompassed with this running thread of mental health throughout. Mm. And I think that's what makes this program, this show, so great. That sounds good. You're actually smarter than I thought. <laughs> no, 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 no you're, you're, you're a
1: smart guy. But... <laughs> I appreciate what Mm -hmm. you're saying, and um, I actually watched The Sopranos for the first time last year. You know know what was going on in my life at the time, so Mm -hmm. I had to sit down at home for a couple of months. But I watched The Sopranos, and it's an amazing show. Amazing show, like, incredible. I understand why it's held in such high regard, but it's not The Wire, bro. What do I think is so great about The Wire? I got three points, right? Okay, hit me. So, The Wire is an immersive and ever-expanding universe of characters. Oh, wow. And this is why I'm going to tell you why it's <laughs> so Right? Go There's no central character. Yeah. There's no Tony Soprano. You have many different Tony Sopranos. You have so many different characters in this universe telling the same story and different stories from so many different angles. That's what I love about it, because it, to me, it reminds me of just like growing up in Kenzo Rice, for example. Mm-hmm. You had so many different people that you would interact with Every day All telling different stories But you still feed into that same narrative That's what I love about the show First and foremost Secondly It shows you how Various levels of society Work independently And collaboratively So The first season They look at the drug trade In the streets of Baltimore Second season They talk about illegal import the third season looks at all the governing bodies, so like the police and, and um, the electoral system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fourth, fourth season, we look at the schools. And then in the final system, we look at the relationship between the media and the police. Yes. I said that when I first watched The Wire in its entirety, it was so deep on so many levels, I felt like I could see through walls. I literally understood how society works, how it continues to work, and the kind of role I play in it, knowingly and unwittingly. So it's deep on that level lastly what i love about the wire is the depth and the detail it goes into from the slang to the characters to the location everything is told in painstaking detail the reason why creator david Mm -hmm. simon yeah he was a reporter for the baltimore sun so a lot of the characters are inspired by people who he wrote about the producer on the wire is a guy called ed burns he was a homicide detective so he would arrest many of the people yeah. that David Simon would actually write about in the paper, who who would then be in the Wire. So that's what I love about that's what I love about the show the most. bro. There's a
0: big, big book, uh, Homicide, I believe it's called. Ed Burns where, wrote yes, it. right. So a lot of the characters that are that feature in the Wire, what the, the system, the you know, mayor, Carcetti, you know, the corruption, it's all in that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know someone who's read it who said it's absolutely amazing. So
1: and yeah. it's worth it's worth saying that uh, David Simon had friends. In the electoral system, mm-hmm. so he could leverage them for insight. And Ed Burns was a school teacher at one point. So yes,
0: he was like uh, press. Like yes, press. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, it is. It is, a, it is a, a great show about the depiction of our society. Whether you live in Baltimore or not, it gives you an insight into how people live. And it gives it, it, the social class and how it's set up, even through the gangs and how that set up is actually quite insightful as well. Hence so. why it's the greatest show of all time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Safe. Yeah, we, 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 we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. Cool. Favorite characters. Let's break it down. Favorite characters. Okay. Okay. Did okay. I say fake it? No, no. I said fake it. No.
1: Favorite characters. All right. Let's look at the wire. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to start from the bottom. I'll start from the bottom. Were you Drake or something? No, I'm from the bottom, man. Oh, okay. I'm from, the, I'm from the bottom. I'm going to start from the bottom. Views I'm from, from, from the, the bottom. And that? No, no, no. Views from... <laughs> Just gave my address out on the podcast. What? But it's cool. <laughs> All right, let's go. Okay, favourite characters from The Wire. Mm-hmm. Let's break it down. Right. So I've got three. Three. My three favourite characters. Okay, okay, okay. All right? Okay. okay, hit me. Coming in at number three. <laughs> rank the them? The one and only Roland WeeBay Bryce. Okay. I know his government name. Wow. And the reason why I love WeeBay wow. is because he was loyal, right? Yeah. Do, no, okay, let's, let's, loyalty to the side. Yes, yeah. Straight killer. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Handled his business, okay? Definitely, definitely. Whether it was for himself or for the Barksdale organization, he handled his business. There was an ugly side to WeeBay as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene where he has intercourse along with his friends, with a stripper. Yes. She overdoses on yes. drugs. He rolls her up in the carpet and disposes of yeah. her. That That's not cool. Um, by no way am I condoning that. But that also shows you the the levels that he would stoop to in order to kind of protect himself and his disregard of human life, essentially. Yes. Um, but what I love about Webe the most is that he was so loyal to the Barksdale organisation that when he got caught for uh, killing Orlando mm-hmm. and injuring, Ki- injuring Kima, he... He said, well, bro, look, I did all these murders. His words were, I will run you a few more. WeeBay <laughs> took the blame for murders that he did not even commit yeah, yeah. in order to protect the Barksdale organisation. He valued horseradish and beef sandwiches more than the lives of the people he, he he killed. Now, I'm not saying that's a good thing, ladies and gentlemen. It's a show. It's a show. It's a show. It's a show. But I just, I just love... I just There's something about WeeBay I love. I think it's because Wu-Tang's my favourite group and he's from Staten Island too. <laughs> so that's where the connection comes from.
0: But we, anyway. We, Weebae Wee Bay is, uh, he's true OG, right? True. He's He's that cloth, that 90s. like you know, that's the purest 90s hip hop. and he He's from wa- that cloth. He
1: even walks with a diddy bop.
0: Yeah, he, he, if you he, he, look at him got, walking, yeah, he he's does. got that
1: little bop. He does. That's yes. why I love Weebae. And also, I think he's the only character in the show that, Ever got the best of Omar In a gunfight
0: Yes Yes Well he did wound him Of course yes, Absolutely That's why I love Weaver Well except for the You know the kid that Ended up
1: yeah. Dropping him off But yeah.
0: from the Barksdale From crew, the Barksdale we'll, organisation We'll go with that We'll go with
1: that Number two Favourite characters in the wire mm-hmm. Stringer Bell Mmm Yo Hold tight Idris Elba Idris Elba you killed it at Stringer Bell. You were so good. People didn't even know you were from Hackney. We didn't even, be- I did not believe it. <laughs> people were telling me this man is from Hackney. I did not believe it. What I love about Stringer, he was aspirational. Yes. He, he saw a life beyond the street. Um, it's what Ice T refers to as an exit plan. So, whilst he would still pick up the phone and get someone clipped if need be, he was looking at a life where he could grow from the street he didn't just want to control the street and the projects like Avon did but he wanted to control the whole the whole city there's a real key there's a key scene where he's talking I think he, he's talking about selling his stock in phone company mm-hmm. and the reason why he wants to sell the stock in the phone company is because he sees Poot using two phones yeah. so then he talks about the market being saturated you know the scene where Jimmy follows him to the, the college and he's learning about macroeconomics and all that kind of stuff um, I've forgotten the name of the book that they found in his house um, in the scene after he he dies. Oh, in, the, in his... No, I don't know, it's, some, I don't know. it's a serious book about, you know, wealth planning wealth, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I'll throw the name of the book up on our Facebook once it's up. But um, I love Stringer Bell. I love Stringer Bell for that. And it's his story's tragic because he didn't yeah. really get to realise
0: that life beyond the street because he got clipped off so easily. I, I was sad. Honestly, I was sad when he got clipped off. Like, I, f- I felt like he had at least another season in. He was a perfect fool for Avon. I, if you look at... That Barksdale as a corporation, that guy was the visionary of that crew, yeah. right? But it really tells me, but it really shows
1: me how, how visionary David Simon and Ed Burns were to kill one of their major characters. Yeah, yeah. At the end of season three, to me, it's almost like getting rid of Luke Skywalker in The Empire Strikes Back.
0: Oh, it was like, brave. Yeah, you know, it was a, it was definitely a brave with all, like, killing Jon Snow in Game of Thrones early <laughs> on. You know? It's, but, but you know what's crazy? It's because David
1: Simon wasn't sure if The Wire was even going to go past season correct. three. Correct. So, all I'm saying is this look, if, if The Wire did end at season three, that would have been a killer ending. Yeah. But then we wouldn't have got season four, which to me was the greatest season. In the history of the show Yeah we'll talk about season 4 Season 4 and was crazy I,
0: I love that season The end of that season Sets up perfectly For the 5th season But I can't watch it Because the kids But that's yeah. another That's I, a different I, conversation I cried when
1: I watched it But like you said Different conversation And first 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 First, first place My favourite character On The Wire Is Omar Devone <laughs> Little Yes Yes My man Omar What do I love about Omar So much Omar Operated by a strict moral code. Now, you might think that's a juxtaposition. Here's a stick-up kid running through the streets of Baltimore, robbing drug dealers and anyone who is in the game. You were a target for Omar, but he had a strict moral code. Yeah, he did. Whereby he didn't target anyone who wasn't a part of the game. Mm-hmm. I grew up in certain places where you had bullies. Yeah. They would rob anyone yeah. who, was, who, who, who was a victim in their eyes. If you were the postman, if you were an electrician, you were safe from Omar. hmm If you were a drug dealer, though, Omar was coming to get you. Another thing I love about Omar, he was very poetic. If you listen to when he speaks in the show, he's really poetic. And for me, his charisma and poetic nature is highlighted by when he says, oh, indeed, (laughs) I love that part. Incredible, incredible performance by Michael K. Williams. And also he uses no profanity. Ah, he knew how to get
0: his point across without without swearing. Well, that's interesting. I I never thought of that because you know those HBO shows always riddled with so much profanity that you just assume. But no, Absolutely. there's
1: yeah. a scene where Brandon, mm-hmm. his boyfriend in season one, mm-hmm. swears. And he looks around and says, why do those filthy words, I'm paraphrasing, by the way, right, right, why right, do those yeah. filthy words have to come out of such a beautiful mouth? So he does, you're right, you're he, right. He's not down for the swearing and the profanity, which kind of reflects on my hip hop career, if I can actually call it that, because I don't swear on record. So <laughs>
0: me and Omar are one in the same in that respect. And I think with Omar, which is really interesting, is again, looking at it off that right now is he represents... That older generation of gangsters,
1: yes, right, who operate we, by codes and both principles, operate by codes. And yep. now
0: you, you hear about people going, "Oh, the young kids nowadays have no codes. There's no respect." But Omar had a respect. Yeah, you know he he had a he had a disdain for the Barksdales. But when he met Stringer Bell, even in open in open court, he didn't kill him. Yep. He, he stuck by his word because his his word is his word. Absolutely.
1: So, yeah. And I, you know what's crazy? Even though I'm not a drug dealer. And I don't rob drug dealers. Mm -hmm. Never been close to that life. Yeah. I mean, I know a couple of shady people, but... um, Omar's moral code is something that you can apply to any facet of life. Yeah. In any profession. And I think... I remember doing an interview. I was interviewing someone to hire them for a job I had previously. I was interviewing this young man and I asked him, what's your moral code? And he couldn't tell me. Yeah. And I told him, you need to go away and think about what your moral code is. What are the ethics and principles that you live and abide by? And I think... Omar definitely brings that sense of balance and yin and yang to the show
0: Yeah, I think, I think all the characters you mentioned as your favourite Wee Bay, um, Stringer and Omar provide a certain, not comic relief But some sort of relief to the, the, to the, whole, the whole show yes, in their own way right? yes, So they're very distinctive, each of them they, It's almost like if they're wrestlers, they have their own theme song
1: Absolutely, you and know? can I give some honourable mentions for characters? There's two people I want to mention Bubbles Yes. Bubbles was amazing yep. from season one Absolutely. to five. Real he, character. Real character based on a guy called Possum. Yeah. Real character um, from Baltimore who unfortunately died. I think mm-hmm. he died of AIDS a few years ago. Yeah. But Bubbles was based on this character, Possum. Yeah. Um, I think Andre Royo, who's the actor who played Bubbles, did such an incredible job. He mentioned in an interview that when he was playing the role of Bubbles between breaks on set, someone came up to him and said, like, you look like you need a hit. So he considered that to be his, what he calls a street Oscar. Right,
0: right, He played the role superman. Method, he was method. I loved him. I
1: loved him. And lastly, um, D'Angelo Barksdale. Okay. Definitely one of my favourite characters. Um, Mostef. Mostef. Even though he was doing dirt, (laughs) even though he was doing dirt, he was a thoughtful man. Mostef. And he always... (laughs) (laughs) I love D'Angelo. Not because he's named after one of my favourite singers of all time, but like I said before, he was a thoughtful character and he always considered the consequences of his actions. And he was willing to help Wallace get out of the game.
0: Most deaf. Can I throw in a character? Go ahead. The one you talk about. Who's that? Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. His perm and that.
1: <laughs> Orlando's perm was crazy, you know why? For those, for those music heads, right? If you're from the 90s and you like your hip-hop music... You appreciate G-Funk, right? And he was, yeah, he was epitome of G-Funk, yeah. He was, Orlando, was like a cross, he was a cross between Nate Dogg, um, Damn Funk, oh, damn and fun, yeah. Bootsy Collins. There's a scene where Orlando <laughs> comes to the pit to talk to D'Angelo. Yes! And if you see the hem on Orlando's trousers, the hem was swinging from left to right. He had the illest silk shirt on. And his his hair, he had a little part in the middle of his hair, yeah, he did. and then he had the umbrella afro, like just from side to side. Orlando killed it. He met a very very bloody demise. Yeah, but, but
0: pimp game strong though. His, P- his, his pimp, pimp game, game was, was strong. mad. Now I, I, I love Orlando. Yeah. I just there is there is a picture I often use when I'm working on work stuff where I use um, where I use and, uh, Orlando as the kind of test image. He was great. Orlando
1: and, was my my Facebook profile <laughs> bit, so, uh,
0: no, seriously, I love, I love Orlando. Yo, right, so sopranos. Sopranos, the best characters, my favorite characters from the Sopranos. I ain't gonna rank them because I don't feel you can You're not rank serious. This. You're not serious No, I'm not ranking them because how can you rank Artie Bucco? Like, you can't. That, you can. Nah, no, nah, no, you can't. Listen, listen. That guy was—he was he a was chef who cooked great food. No, we're all hungry. Listen, listen. His big ziti was on point. However, do you, it, do you reckon it was better than Carmella's though? No, no, Carmela's the top. Carmela—that's a different. But that's re- she's on the list. Yeah, Carmela's different. It's crazy. was crazy. It was crazy. Edie Falco is he's different level, right? But Artie Buko, the, the relief he brings to the show is brilliant. Right. Right? Right. He he's not part of he's not part of the crew, but he's almost like an extended member, right? He's almost like a He's like Draper. Well no, he's like a red man to the Wu Tang. Right? He's an extended he's he's welcomed. He's, he's like there. to Mob Deep. Right. Gotcha. He's, he's there. Gotcha. Right? No one was gonna touch him mm-hmm. because him and Tony grew up. Right, right? Yep. yep. Everyone loves him. To a point, they find him annoying, but, but they then, love his food. But then you get—they don't pay for food. But I like anyone who gives me free food, of course. But no one's going to touch Artie. No, Artie right. was cool. Though. Yeah. I liked him. Well, look, Artie doesn't get messed up like, like Ralphie did. Let's think yeah. about that way, right? Mm. So, favorite characters. We'll start with Artie Buko. Cool. Uh, Vesuvio. He had his—he uh, had his restaurant there mm-hmm. with his uh, his problematic relationship with his wife Charmaine, um, <laughs> and his uh, his uh, perchance to. Hit on Adriana LaServa. He, yeah. he was great. I, I like Darty, right? Um, but Paulie Gaultieri. He's the, Paulie, dude, he, Paulie's the one with the
1: grey. Yeah, the, the, wings, gray. the
0: wings. The wings. The Simpsons, uh, the him. character of the, of the Simpsons. I loved him. Now, he was, uh, he had a real long, impressive rap sheet. Like, he had mm-hmm. 28 arrests. He said that he would do the show if he didn't snitch. Cause he was in jail. He started learning acting in jail.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah,
0: he started learning so acting. So hold on, in jail. he was actually he a criminal. Was, he was part of a crime family, like a real. He was a real life wise man. Yo. Real life. So when I he knew kept, he played that role too good. No, he was he was great, but he learned how to act in prison. How there was courses, there's workshops, right? And so I need to go to jail, boy. No. I need to go jail. No, we don't. I got, I got Omar in me somewhere. We we cannot advocate this kind of behavior. (laughs) You are the Brown Casanova, as you said. Casanova Brown, Casanova Brown. There we go. But essentially, he was in jail. He learned acting there, and then came out and started acting. That's crazy, right? And that's literally saved his life. But he said, "I am not gonna. If I have to snitch, I am not on this show." Mm. Right? So Paulie is great because he's loyal. Mm-hmm. right he does what he's told he's from the old school yes he has his ways it's old it's backward the way he, he treats women the way he talks to christopher moltesanti he has no idea of real management he's not a real good manager mm-hmm. he's a soldier mm. right but again he is a type of character that you see in crews, right not just in gangs in you know your social circles mm. in friendships In you know he's that uncle who's a bit weird right, right. i've got, you got a few of those Right, so that's Paulie, but he's loyal to a core. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, definitely.
0: And then we got Bakala, Bobby Bakala.
1: Hell, oh, okay, okay. Jan- Janice's husband, right, right. Yep, you know, yep. he
0: took care of Junior. Mm. Right, he had um, he had the old man Bakala, who's the who was uh, Rocky's brother. Mm-hmm. Right, but Bakala, again, loyal. He's very he's very generous. He's very loving. He. Doesn't, don't feel he's made for it. He was, he's one of those kind of... He's a D'Angelo character, mm. right? He's in, the, he's in the crew. He's part of them. But you can tell he doesn't really necessarily go for all that violence. And if he had a way out, he will take it, right? But he, the way he takes care of Junior and the way his character evolves throughout the seasons is great. Because towards the end, he's with Tony, right? He's Tony's brother-in-law. And why Tony he may shit on him and take jokes, because that's how Tony is... He still respects Bacala. And that's important. Again, you know, he gets bullied a lot. He takes, it, he takes it on the chin. He doesn't say nothing. He knows his place. But also, he does his dirt when he needs to. So, Bacala, definitely. Of course, Carmela, soprano, the, the, the female boss. Hmm. You know, because if you... It's an
1: interesting well, choice.
0: Well, I was watching it, right? And I'm going, because of the hierarchy of how the, the crime family works, she becomes the boss of the wives. So Rosalie yeah. Priel, your Sil Silvio's uh, good point. Missus. So she ends up just effectively taking that role. She does it well. She's a, she is a strong character, despite the fact that she you know gets cheated on multiple times by Tony. That's putting it nicely, yeah. Well, I'm I'm trying to be nice here. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I ain't trying to get, I ain't trying to get out, out of here in trouble. But uh, she's a strong character. She stands up to Tony. There's a there's a there's a scene. I can't remember what episode. I think it's in six season six. They have these massive fight. She holds her own there's against one, Tony. There's
1: one particular scene I think when they were actually, where, where they were nominated
0: for an Emmy. Mm. And I think that's the final that's the, nail in their marriage when yes, they had this massive bust up. Right, that's the one. She went in. She went in, right? Yeah, so, went in. so, to go, there's not many people that can go toe-to-toe with Tony Soprano. No. She can. That actually rhymed. Yes. I, I, sometimes, I'm a poet and I know it, you know, whatever.
1: Oh, man.
0: Yeah. That's my extent of rap. So... I apologise for... <laughs> He's uh, living out his rap dreams on a podcast. I told him not to do this before we came on. But no, but Carmela is, she's different. She's a, she's a good mother. She's a strong mother. She, she has those moments. She gives into temptation. The thing about all of these characters is they are a representation of real people, right? While they're not real to life, well, okay, Paulie is and Tony is based on, you know, wise guys, etc, etc. But essentially they're fictional characters. Right, real fictional characters, but they have relatable qualities, which I really love. Of course, I'm going to go with Tony next, mm-hmm. Soprano. Yes, absolutely, his deep breathing is brilliant. Like I love to breathe like that, like, <laughs> just like randomly on the train. Right. I'm waiting for the tube. Just breathe heavy, right? He's great because he he's the three dimensional character that we see the most mm-hmm. throughout the show. He's the one with the mental health. He's the one who has to put up a front. He's the one who has to show that, you know, he's still the strong guy. So he's knocks out that bodybuilder, but then vomits in the in the toilet. He's the guy who, you know, kills Ralph Cifaretto, but then has to vomit because he can't take what he's just done. You know, he's the one who punches Ralph for killing uh, the, the Tracy, the, his Guma, the pregnant mm-hmm. Guma, right? So he's, he's going through all these different emotions. He goes through depression. He's got mental health. He's trying to be strong. He's He doesn't know what to do. He's He's, he's suffering... With a lot of agita, as they say in Sopranos, which is, you know, stress. Okay. But he handles it well. He's, he doesn't get cancer. He's mm-hmm. not like uh, um, the April senior who got, who got cancer and then died. He's not junior. Right. And he handles it well. He's able to handle the relationship with the New York and Jersey. Tony's a, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, he's an anti-hero. You're not supposed to like him. But Steve, you love him.
1: It's like Steve, it's like Steve Austin, stole Cold Steve yeah. Austin. He yes. was so bad yes.
0: that you we started to, to cheer you for him. Had to, you had to cheer for him. That's why we, we will talk about later about breast moments of the final scene. Mm. That's why it's so talk. And about. on that
1: note, it's worth saying, rest in peace to James Gandolfini. Yes, absolutely. is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't watch The Sopranos until years after he died. But when I went on online and I did my research, mm-hmm. the, the 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 common theme seemed to be that. Tony Soprano was the role that he was born to play. Yes. He's almost synonymous. Like yeah. People know him as Tony Soprano. It's not even so much James
0: Gandolfini. Yeah. He is Tony Soprano. So I know we're going to get to fun facts. I must bring up one fact I'll bring up now. Ray Liotta was supposed to play Tony Soprano.
1: Okay. Right. That's but, news to me.
0: Yes. Ray, That's news to me. Ray Liotta and uh, the actress that played Melfi, mm-hmm. they were supposed to be Tony Soprano and Carmella. And it was supposed to move, it was supposed to be a continuation of Goodfellas. Because they were married. I like Dr. Murphy. Yeah, we'll talk about her later. Yeah. I should have put her in. in, in she was a great tea. character. Oh, she's brilliant. Great she's character. brilliant. She, she ends up weaving it all together yeah, in, in some absolutely. senses, right? Because those scenes between her and, and Tony are epic, right? Yeah. You kind yeah. of long for those scenes. Yeah. Those are the scenes that I enjoy the most. Right. It's, it's not, you know, you know, Tony and Furio fucking up somebody. Mm-hmm. It's, those, it's those scenes where they're at the therapy. Because yeah. again, it's therapeutic for the viewer. Yes. Right? You're learning so much stuff about the characters, both Melfi and Tony. Absolutely. Right? You understand the narcissism in in him. You understand how manipulative he is and how you see this lady who is in awe of him at times, hates him at some times, but also loves him at the same time and is pitying him and wants to help him. Mm-hmm. Now you could take that and put that to a relationship. Yeah. Because right? when I was
1: watching those therapy scenes, I was kind of looking at some of the parallels Yeah, in my relationships with people mm-hmm. and also... I'm not gonna say I was Tony Soprano, but mm. the, he was showing some signs in his um some, I think, some key indicators in his personality that I, I saw in myself. Not to sound narcissistic, because that's just one of the that's one of the things we just mentioned, but the therapy scenes I think really tied the story together. Yes. And it kind of slowed down the frantic pace. Yeah. It did, of it did. The show. It, it, it and did. I think that's needed sometimes. Like, it was a, almost like
0: a pit stop. There's that's something great about that show, is its pace. Yes. Right? It's not too slow, mm-hmm. it's just right. And that's where it differs to The Wire,
1: because yeah. The Wire yeah. starts off very slow. Like, yes. the first episode is Who Shot Snot Boogie? We still don't know. <laughs> we still don't know. But well, with a name like Omar Snot- Isaiah Betts. Who <laughs> Shot Snot Boogie? Name- I still want to know. I <laughs> might tweet David Simon.
0: <laughs> with a name like Snot Boogie, I don't think anyone would know. I love that name. I, I, I actually consider changing my rap name to Snot Boogie one day. Should it be Summit a.k.a. Snot Boogie? No. Okay. No, don't cool. So those are like my like my favorite characters. I can probably wax lyrical about Tony more and more, but let's talk about least favorite characters.
1: You know, I can talk for days, right? Yeah, but because these are my least favorite characters, I'm not going to spend too much time (laughs) on them because it's going to upset my spirit and mess with my sauce. Okay, (laughs) so least favorite characters. You know who I can't stand the most Mm -hmm. in The Wire?
0: Mm -hmm. Morris Levy, the lawyer. Oh Oh, yeah, he's sneaky, sneaky. It's his face, blood. He's got that sneaky face that you just want to punch. Because you know he's hiding shit. It's
1: not It's not just the sneaky face. It's just the way he continues to facilitate the dirt with a smile on his face. Yeah, true. And his character really hits me in a personal way because you know I'm very big about culture mm-hmm. and the preservation of culture. Mm-hmm. Not just looking at culture as a monetary gaining or cool. a mon- as a monetary gain. Yeah. I can't stand Maurice Levy because he profits off the pain of the characters who he... Is the he he's the lawyer of right? People are going to say to me, "Well, it's a lawyer's job to defend people." I get that part, but there's a scene. There's a scene where uh, Freeman and the rest of the wire detail are looking at uh, who. Let me start again. There's a scene where Freeman and the rest of the wire detail are starting to follow the money, as opposed to following the drugs. Right, because they say you follow the drugs, you're gonna find drugs. But if you follow the money, you're going to find all the key players who are making the money, receiving the money, and spending the money. And they were talking about Avon's property and all his businesses, and none of them are in his name. Hence, why Orlando was the name on front of the, on the front of the strip club, and he was the quote unquote business owner. Morris Levy's a lawyer, but his name was on most of that paperwork. He used his name to help them start their businesses, move money around. And he knew Mm -hmm. what they were doing, Mm -hmm. but he felt no way to defend them, help them jump through loopholes. To me, to me, he was a precursor to Saul Goodman. And he irritates my soul. (laughs) Every time I see him, I'm irritated. I know he's just playing the character. I can't even remember the name of the actor. We don't need to remember him. We don't need to know him or remember him. The scene... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, mama.
0: Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Mrs. Our mothers Mitchell. are listening to this
1: show. I'm Our sorry. mothers are
0: listening to this show. I'm sorry, Mrs. Mitchell. I'm sorry.
1: So yeah, I hate Morris Levy. I mean, I don't hate him. I just dislike him intently All right. <laughs> After that, you know who gets on my nerves? Jay Landsman. Sorry, sorry. You mean John Cena? No. Oh wow,
0: the facial. You mean John Cena? I didn't pick that up. John Cena's brother. That's he's John, not his brother in real life nah, He's John Cena's brother bro. No 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 I'm have a wrestling you, fan have here Have you seen Jay Landsman's face Yes He is He is John Cena incarnate But John Cena will beat you up though For yeah, real Yeah 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 You can't say that no, But he does No 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 dude There, dude, there, dude, there dude, are that's similarities That's deep There are similarities okay. To Yamadu <laughs> You know Yeah look Look at Jay Landsman. Look at you're John Cena
1: You're smart I know Another one But I hate Jay Landsman. You know why He's a suck up Yeah Constantly sucking up drools. Oh you know, I can't stand please? him. Yeah. Oh. One day we're gonna do an episode on the do's and don'ts yes. of office life. Yes. Yes. And yes. sucking up. Yes. Yes. I'm not saying don't do that, but we don't like it. No, Quit no, that way. No, no. And Jay Jay Landsman, he's what some people will call a jobsworth Yes, he is. He is. And he's, I he's couldn't Jay stand jobsworth. Him. Jay Jobsworth He kid more. He cared more about facts and figures and the number of homicides on the board than actually solving the crimes. Yeah. Um, he was a career police officer yeah. who was happy with his office job and drinking coffee. Yeah. We don't need any of those people out yeah. here. Okay another least favorite least favorite character another least favorite character i'm gonna go with clay davis one of the best (laughs) catchphrases of all time but the reason why i'm gonna go with clay davis i can't hate maurice levy for profiting off the pain of other people when you got someone like clay davis who is profiting off the pain of his own people and the fact that he ripped off stringer like that took all the money for quote unquote bribes but kept the money I can't I can't respect that. I no. can't respect that. He's a career politician. Can't
0: stand him. Love the character though. No, I don't love the character. I love the catchphrase. Yes. And improvised. That was yes. improvised. That was improvised. He came up with that one day on the set. Yes, that wasn't in the that was in the script from from research. I think he kind of it, it's one of those ones that just caught on and and it's just that's life. And it's it's gained new life when, yeah. when Twitter uh
1: extended uh the character <laughs> count to 280 characters yeah. he wrote his catchphrase to he used all 280 characters That's and ended up you know in the worldwide press he was in the, in the newspaper amazing. the independent the daily mail i think all over the shop amazing Can, I isaiah know, whitlock jr is I, I know
0: i know we've already talked about favorite characters um we can do interesting characters, mm. but I don't know if you're going to talk about this. But can we have a can we have a, a moment, one-time liquor shot for bunk? Oh no,
1: I, I got bunk. Oh, okay, I'm going cool. to mention
0: bunk. Right, I mean, cool. look, if we if I'm going to throw some really interesting characters out there, yeah, I
1: it. love bunk. Yes, because bunk, I know people like bunk Morland. I really do.
0: Listen, um, to them, man, Jimmy.
1: <laughs> 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 um, I got uncles who remind me of 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 bunk. Yeah. Um, there's OGs in my community that remind me of bunk. Bunk was a flawed character, so great at his job, morally grounded in the sense that he wanted to make Baltimore better, but yet he's the kind of guy that would cheat on his wife. Not that I'm condoning
0: yeah, that yeah, behaviour.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, th- I love the scene with him and o- Omar how yes. they recognize each other from school, but you see the two different directions that they both went in. He, he,
0: he was playing polo, right? Polo, is that the... What did Omar
1: describe it as? You know, I, I never seen black people play, play the game with sticks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it was polo. Uh, another, another interesting character,
0: I think, uh, Prez. Prez Beluski. Prez Beluski. I love his evolution. He was one of the only characters who, who, from the cop side who actually shot their gun. Yeah, he busts his gun. There's only, there's only like busts two. Busts his gun. There's only like two. Yeah, he busts his... In, in all the seasons, he's the only, like him, I think, it might just be him. I think he's the only police officer that let the tin go.
1: Wow. Yep, yep. Prez was, was about that life. Yeah. And um, there's some really low-key characters I okay. like. Donut from season four. Okay. Um, I was going to say Keenard, but not anymore. After nah. what he did. Nice. Nah. We don't, we, don't, we don't mess with Keenard. Nah, we don't nah, we ain't got time for keep for Keynard, no sir. No, and we, sir. Could,
0: we, we probably talk about Brother Mazone in a bit. Let's uh let's get to um let's get to some least favourite characters from the Sopranos and, and a couple of interesting characters from the Sopranos as well. So my first one is gonna be Noah. Do you remember Meadows' boyfriend in college? Why are you gonna pick on Noah? Nah, listen. One of the few black people in the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm her. Listen. No, I'm hurt. L- listen, I, I, I am brown. This has got nothing to do with black and white. Can we not just get all along, you know? This is not about colour, Chris. You've got to make okay. this explanation good. Right. So Noah, firstly, he took the girl's virginity. Right? Cool. Happens. But he was more concerned with his grades than taking care of, of his girl. Right? The way he broke up with her. What's wrong he, with that? In the, la- in the library. He
1: broke up with her in the library. Okay. Hold on we have a black man on a TV show that's more concerned with his gray's and you're upset?
0: Yes, I'm upset. Okay. I'm upset because it's about No that was dark. That was dark. Come on man. Pun intended. He yeah. No no no, no pun intended. No. no. no pun. <laughs> this, this is not the dark skin disadvantage. No pun intended, Chris. Damn. I'll right, I'm I'm make that. Back. I'm going to sit back. I'm disclaimer sit back. and all that. No pun intended. I'm sitting back. Now, no mo- he just he just kind of pissed me off. Okay. I watched him. I just didn't like his energy. I didn't like where he was coming from. I don't like the fact that he op- he rocked up in Tony Soprano's house with open-toe sandals. I mean, what the f- Come on, lad. What's going on? Open-toe sandals walks out of the toilet with his his dusty ass feet on the floor. Put some socks on, lad. Okay, Sorry, I just had to get that off my chest
1: Okay, so considering a show with
0: multiple uh,
1: instances of murder, money laundering Yes, yes, Noah All that kind of stuff Yes What upsets you is the fact that Noah Black man came yes. into Tony Soprano no, house No, not black man, Noah Noah came into Tony Soprano's house wearing open-door sandals That's your issue? Yes Even
0: though Tony Yes Always went to pick up his paper barefoot? Yes Okay I don't mind that
1: Alright
0: I don't mind that But Comfort. it's got nothing to do with colour <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm messing with you man content i'm trying to
0: get content content ladies and gentlemen clickbait. controversy clickbait. sales clickbait clickbait right so the other one i wasn't sure about this i, I was i was see i liked the character but i as it's written but it kind of annoyed me janice soprano
1: oh bruv
0: she is super annoying yeah, no she's super annoying um her. so i don't like her i mean she did kill richie april which i thought was one of the weird things in the show coming I, I didn't see it coming, but the bad man that Richie appeared was got 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 by Janice. Yeah, but that's the beauty. Yeah, of I know. Some I, I get it. I get Omar it. got got by Kino. I know. I get it. I get And it's a parallel to that. But I kind of wish that Richie stayed on a bit more because mm. he 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 had Tony a bit shook. I thought he was going to do something bad to Tony. Yeah, and he and he, and he could. He was he was again that old school, that different generation. Mm-hmm. He 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 had a different edge to him that I don't think Ralph Fioretti had,
1: mm-hmm. right? And they still, they no one found out what happened to Richie, right? They thought he went into
0: protective custody. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a given. They kind of, you know, it's kind of they knew. Mm-hmm. But someone who got got Mikey Palmisi.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, season, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they dealt with him. He
0: was a. Caricature yeah. of like, you know, them kind of wise guy. Oh, he was so annoying. Oh, yeah. I, don't yeah. want, I don't want to discuss. They wrapped him up. They wrapped no, him want, up nicely. Th- that's what I'll say on uh, Mikey. And he was disrespectful to his woman before he got killed. He called her a hoe. No, nah, I don't like that. Alright, interesting characters. Quickly. Obviously Melfi. Because mm-hmm. she weaved everything together. Um, she changed the pace of the show. She was actually. Genius. She did read for the part of Camella, but they went with for her to be Melfi, and she was absolutely great. Seasoned actor, actress, um, fantastic at, at 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 what she did. And I think, like I said earlier, the, the scenes between her and Tony were great. The other one I am really interested in is Johnny Sack.
1: I liked him a lot. Johnny Sack is
0: lot. oh that kind of character is brilliant. He mm. was really intriguing to me. Uh, he wanted to step in, he stepped off, he found his way. The thing I love about him is he tried to pick his moments. Um, he know he knew when to listen, like he like you know that whole adage of you know you got two ears, two eyes, and one mouth. Mm-hmm. He kind of lived that a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And I, I thought he was a really interesting character, but those are just some of the interesting characters I got from Sopranos. But least favorite blood like Noah. Okay, no, I don't like him.
1: I wasn't expecting you to say Noah. I'm not like gonna him. lie. Ain't cause he's black.
0: It's gonna make that mm. clear. Oh no. Should we talk uh, next
1: about themes? First one I want to look at is family. I think. One of the key instances of family in The Wire is in the Barksdale family. Yes. I really want to look at D'Angelo. Now, D'Angelo, like I said before, he was a really thoughtful character who often considered the consequences of his actions. On many instances, he said, I feel like I can't breathe. I'm suffocating. And he really spoke about the kind of life that, you know, Dealing drugs and crime and all that kind of stuff would bring So it's quite ironic that he actually dies from suffocation I thought that was kind of like an ill parallel But in the wire It's really made me think about family expectations Right So we come from ethnic communities That oftentimes we are expected to live up to The expectations of our parents The community um, The community Extended family etc Yeah D'Angelo wasn't a bad person but his mother and his uncle, because of the weight they carried, he was expected to kind of quote unquote. I keep saying that this show live up to the Barksdale name. He says something before he gets the you know the football number twenty years. He says something about I'm the grandson of so and so, and he mentions a name that I can't remember quite r- quite right now. But it really let me know that for some reason he almost felt like a, a, a disappointment. Yeah, you know, yeah. to, to the family. When you look at how his mother treated him, um, and I really believe that uh, Brianna really loved her son. Yes. But she was more concerned, you've got to take this 20 for the family. Now, what mother would say, I mean, I'm sure some do, but for a mother to say that, look, you've got to take 20 years, not for me, not for you, but for the family, shows me that in many ways she valued the, the Barksdale name over the well-being of her own son. And we all saw what going to prison actually did to him, mm-hmm. mentally, yeah, emotionally, yeah. physically, and how it ultimately led to his, his demise. So that's just one of the instances of family that I think um, are quite insightful. One's just, another one just come to my, my mind, actually, is uh, Naaman in season four. <laughs> Naaman. <Naimund.
0: laughs> yeah, Naaman, man. Oh, I love that character. Yeah, I feel I, sorry for him. I feel sorry for him too, but then also I didn't because he could have been a good, he could have been a good guy. Right, he ended up good though. He did end up good, but he he, he took that again. It's the, it's the the weight of the name. But he could have easily been Michael in those early instances where he. Michael I thought that's w- where he was gonna go. Right, but Michael wouldn't. In terms of how Michael used to be protective Over people who couldn't protect themselves mm. Naaman used to pick on people Who he knew couldn't protect themselves And always would pick on people Not Michael Because he you know get his, his head kicked in mm-hmm. But he'd pick on everyone else Because he knew he could mm-hmm. Whereas Michael got, Hey you know, you're you not doing that To mm-hmm. Dookie or anything like that But mm-hmm. that's why I found Naaman Really annoying But his character is great Because there are people out there That do that yeah. In the playground In high schools We've gone through high school We've seen I, I, it
1: I mean I'm not going to lie I, I can say it now Statute of limitations and all that But I was kind of like Naaman at one and Point two, <laughs> Like If I could change That part of my childhood Yeah I would change it Yeah
0: yeah I'm, it, that's a, Maybe that's, that's a why I, thing.
1: Maybe that's why I like Naaman But There's a scene with Weebe Who is Naaman's dad Yes And Bunny Colvin In the jail He goes to see him He calls him Mr. Bryce And I love the way that Even though here's a man Doing life without parole For multiple homicides He still refers to him As Mr. Bryce mm-hmm. um, And they talk about Recognising each other From the old days And whatnot. And he basically asks Weebe to unofficially adopt Naaman Yes, yes. Um he offered Naaman a way out. But what was crazy to me is that I thought Weebay was going to say no. I thought Weebee would want a child to come kind of in some weird way follow in his footsteps, but without saying explicitly, Weebee said, "Yeah, this life it leads to this."
0: But but I think that is also something that also is in the Sopranos, mm-hmm. right? Tony doesn't want that for AJ. He knows that his son isn't built for that. He doesn't want that life for him, Mm. right? He's constantly telling Jackie Jr., like, your your father didn't want this life for you. Yeah, I remember, yeah. He's telling Christopher to look out for him. He's telling all these people to keep Jackie Jr. away from this life because the way they, I think it was more like for the parents of those kids. It was like, we had to do this because we have nothing else. But we're going, it's, it's similar. I don't want to kind of pick the correlation to kind of, people that emigrate and then go you know we'll work hard so that it'll benefit our children but essentially they want to set their children up so their children don't have to be in this life. I, w- I was gonna say that i think they um, were almost, in some ways the sacrificial gen- generation that we often talk right, about right right. we you know our parents um are the sacrificial like they they did everything right they worked three jobs they mm. did mini really cabbing they mm. did all those things so that we could be marketing directors and digital mm. marketing managers and you know have a website and have a rap career that that my, wouldn't my, necessarily happened my, my
1: parents didn't want that
0: yeah, but you did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you did it. But that, that's the thing. I think that's where the, the, the parallel with Sopranos. I mean, Sopranos is, in itself is about family. Mm. right that's the overarching theme i think it, it is it's the five families it's the mob it's the omerta you're born in this family you don't get out of this family mm. you can't break this bond everything's about the family everything's about making sure you don't snitch making sure that everyone's taken care of you need money come to me oh it's all <laughs> that right it's all of that right mm. so that is an inherent without uh, throughout the show just a quick thing right did you know right i only found this out today do you know they thought when they had sopranos they thought people would think it's about um, opera singers so they put the gun on the logo to make it distinctive. Okay, I hate that logo by the yeah, way. Yeah, no. I It's thought it was to me. I can understand why they did it. It does, yeah. No. Trash. But no. anyway, that's not it. Right. So, uh, what, 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 what's next in terms of uh, parallel so let's, themes? Let's look at some other themes. Um, mental health. Oh yeah. Well, let's start with with Tony. So mental health again. Like you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, surprise opens in really with the therapist. I was confused. When I first watched it, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, where are the bodies? Where are the bodies, man? Where is the blood? I want blood and pasta. You, you thought, That's what I want to see. <laughs> you thought it was going to be Goodfellas, where they're just in the trunk, and they're you know, going to kill that person Dude, in the trunk. I was it. confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really no, confused. Yeah, but that is a, is a key thing throughout the show. It's the the fragility of the strong men, right? So you've got this persona that, these uh, that, as Tony puts it, the Gary Cooper, the strong silent type, right? He puts out in the show. And and then you see, you see actually, you get to the real depth of, of him and other characters. The other thing is to mention is that, you know, there's that correlation throughout the whole family, the hereditary kind of passing out. His dad had it. He had it. And then AJ has it. He went through depression. AJ goes through, you know, almost suicide. He actually almost commits suicide. So there's a running theme of mental health throughout the show. Um, you can look at some of the the way in which they think about things and uh, you know how you know the fact that he sees a therapist is almost taboo
1: yeah because they actually the rumor gets out that he's seeing a therapist right and it's like they're looking at him like he's a bit weak like why do you they think he's no like,
0: they think he's weird they think he's snitching they think yeah. you know he's giving all the secrets away he's talking about our business so they start looking at him differently and you got to remember what Sopranos started in 99 mm. like Seeing a therapist was still taboo at that time. Mm, it's, it's, I mean, it's more accepted now. It's becoming more accepted, yep. but even still, now we're ethnics. Yeah, we, going we, to see we, a therapist yeah. is that necessarily? We, we were told we were told not to talk. Not we to... don't talk. We... Not to chat our business. But look, we're, we're in Britain. We're it's a conservative country by nature. Stiff yeah. up the lip. You don't yeah. talk. You keep it in the family. Yep. All those Come things. for the camera. Right. Mm. So it's, it's in that. So that runs through the mm. show, mm. Um, and it's great because it's not just about. It's not just about the mob. Mm. It's not about killing. It's not about misogyny. It's not about, you know, your gumas and, you know, all that stuff. It's actually something overarching, right? And family, looking at family in Sopranos, I mean, think about it. Everything's about family. The end bit, the end scene is about his family. He's got his family there. Yeah. Whether, you know, he's killed or not. At at that moment, it's family. They're playing Don't Stop Believing. Mm. There's like a, there's a cut of the scene where it's, um, uh, it's uh, so lonely, and there's something a family. He's going through the he's going through the uh, jukebox, and there's a, there's a reference to family. That's what it's all about. You've done your research, bro. Yes. I appreciate
1: it. Okay, I appreciate. It. it makes me feel it makes me feel important. <laughs> <laughs> the wire had or the wire also had some references. I won't say references because I think it it explored it in yeah. a, in, a, in a quite quite a deep way.
0: Yeah,
1: Wallace. Oh yeah, Wallace is oh, one of tragic. the most tragic characters yeah, in the wire. Like, even talking about Wallace now, I have to close my eyes because. It makes me feel so sad. And de- I don't want to say the word depressed, but what happened to Wallace hurt me to my heart. Yeah, was sad. So in a nutshell, Wallace falls into a depression because mm-hmm. he feels so guilty and troubled by the pivotal role he plays in the death of Omar's boyfriend, Brandon. Avon said, we're going to get this dude and put him on display. Poor Wallace wakes up. And sees this dead body that 's been mutilated, stabbed, shot, burnt, tortured literally on his doorstep, and after that he falls into a really, really deep depression yeah. where he starts to get disillusioned yeah. with the drug game, and then he starts self medicating he starts taking some of the very drugs that he was selling um there was some scenes in so some scenes in uh, a scene in in the show where he asked Poot to borrow some money to go and buy some drugs and Poot sees him. And what's, what's, what's really sad about the Wallace situation is that he was a father
0: figure to so many of those kids in yeah, the house. Yeah, there was. Every morning he'd wake up and he'd get all their pack lunch. It was di- I won't even do that for myself. Like right. this kid was doing it for five, six kids. And-
1: right, that's- right. And that's what makes it all the more tragic because now those kids yeah. have no father figure. Yeah. And the fact that Wallace ends up deciding to become uh, an informant yeah. Or cooperate yeah. with the police. I think he wanted to do that to almost alleviate himself of yeah, the guilt, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then Observe he ends, himself, yeah. yeah, and then he ends up getting killed by the same people that he oh, used, that he used to sell drugs with, and that, that was that, sad, that, too. and that was really sad because D'Angelo. What's really sad about it is that D'Angelo was willing to help him, yeah, find find that's a true. way out. And again, that's what the wire does so brilliantly; like it offers you like a ray of hope. And then it just snatches it away. Yeah, that's a very good point. And uh, I think the streets, based on what I've been told, it's very much the same way. Like a lot of the people who end up dead or going to jail, oftentimes they're on the brink of doing something better. Yeah. They either make the right choice yeah. or that choice is made for them. So, um, yeah, in terms of mental health, I think the wire definitely... I mean, look, man, you know, look how many drug addicts are in the wire. Yeah. I think mental health is a, is a is a prevalent theme that runs from season 1 to 5. Definitely.
0: I don't think Jimmy McNulty was right in the head. No. A lot of the guy characters... came up with a fake serial killer. He's not right. No, he was and he you know he... he's <laughs> not right. <laughs> him and him and Freeman concoct that. <laughs> they concoct that. They concoct that scene where they're in the van and you know they're calling the reporter who's been lying that he's been talking to the serial killer but at the moment he gets that call and he puts this accent on and he just Yeah, he's not right. Yeah, he's, he's not dead. right. A lot of those people are not right. Should we um should we get into homosexuality next? Mm-hmm. both shows look at being gay uh in 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 different ways right so sopranos you got Vito, uh who i think he's i think he's a, i think he becomes captain forgive me if, if i'm wrong but he's he, definitely he was, he was capo at one point right right mm-hmm. uh and you know he becomes his brother-in-law phil yotardo who's this really staunch old school like he's a he was a g um Hyper-masculine. yeah, very. By today's v- standards, yes, very, very. And just the idea of someone being gay is just completely, just it's it's absolutely atrocious in the way in which they deal with it. They kill him. They stick a a snooker cue up his ass, mm. right, just to prove a point. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't enough to kill him. Mm-hmm. They wanted to humiliate him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, and. That runs runs throughout. It's, it's sad. And obviously in the Y, you've got Omar. But Vito, his death was sad. You know, he couldn't be himself. Yeah. Right? Um, he and, died
1: He died in a way, still denying it.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. And that's sad. And, it, and it, it is sad because people go through that and people see that and hopefully will look at it and go, look, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter your preference. It's, you know, you're still a person. And in The Sopranos, the characters just didn't get that. Yeah. Um, and he met a, a really sad demise. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the wire, mm-hmm.
1: can I speak from a personal perspective now, and not just to, uh, you know to sound cool? Not that I've been doing that, but what I love about <laughs> you've like, been sounding cool all this time, <laughs> I I cool out? dude. I sound I sound, I sound I sound Jamaican. Say decent instead of decent. I sound decent, dude. Um, that's good, dude. <laughs> the character of Omar, he, for me, he really turns stereotypes about homosexuality on its head yes coming from where i'm coming from oftentimes we think of homosexuals or gay people as being overly camp or feminine right 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 omar was none of that omar was i want to use the term he was almost like the man's man in the sense that omar was a stick-up kid he showed no fear right right? right. and he was openly gay as opposed to veto so you can imagine from that street element being openly gay, to me, that's a brave thing to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Especially back then or when, you know, where the, when and where the wire was based. Um, I don't care how many people Omar stuck up. I don't care how many people he killed. To me, the bravest thing he did was to be able to was to walk around the streets of Baltimore, Baltimore, uh-huh. openly gay, uh-huh. and in some way or many ways, people still respected him and feared him. Yeah. I love the fact also that the character of Omar wasn't hinged on homosexuality. Yes, he happened yes, to be yes, a char- yes, he was a character yes, who happened to be gay. Yeah. He wasn't a gay
0: character. Yeah. He just happened to be gay. And then in, in the Sopranos, they made it more of a storyline. Yes, right. It was a bit different. They mm. they touched upon it. They made it a storyline They made this whole thing. Tony didn't want it to happen. It ended up happening. It caused a rift. And but yeah, that it, it's definitely interesting that both those shows uh, coming at the time they did late nineties um, in the why it was two thousand and Three? Three, yeah, quite early Um, And that they dealt with these very openly Um, And that was interesting Let's, uh, what's the next, uh, what's the next theme we're going to talk about?
1: Let's look at masculinity Oh yes Yes,
0: yes. So in the wire,
1: I mean there's key themes about masculinity throughout Um, Some would say alpha male, some would say hyper masculinity There's there's a few instances of masculinity that really hit me on a personal Mm -hmm. level after, I think it's in season four, final episode, where Mike kills his first, or commits his first murder. Yeah. Chris Partlow, a.k.a. the Angel of Death. <laughs> That's what I call him. Because anytime he was on the screen, someone had just been killed or he about to
0: kill someone. Yeah, That man was the devil. Right? He was, he was. He's but, the devil. But he wasn't taking fury on a fist fight. He is the devil. <laughs> anyway,
1: Chris Partlow... Says to Mike, after his first murder, you can look anyone in the eye now. Yeah, he does. What's crazy to me is that here's a young kid who's just committed his first murder. He was looking out for his younger brother, looking after his brother. He spoke up for people who couldn't defend themselves. And you're telling me that killing someone makes him a man. Good point. That was ill to me. Not in a good way. It made me sad. That was insightful, Chris. Thank you. There's also two other instances. Of about uh, in relation to masculinity, mm-hmm. and I've got I've got to pull out my phone now to okay, read a quote. Do it, do it. I've got to read a quote. I did my research, ladies and gentlemen. There's a scene where you know, which just before the demise of Stringer Bell, mm-hmm. rest in peace, Stringer Bell, and he's talking to Avon because they're starting to go their separate ways. Yeah. So Stringer Bell's trying to evolve from the street, yes, to the suite, right? <laughs> Avon wants to stay in the streets, right? Yes, he does. So Stringer wants the boardrooms.
0: Avon wants the projects he, want, he wants to take He wants all of Baltimore He wants
1: all of Baltimore yeah. And Avon just wants some corners Because he says in the show I want my corners Yeah, He right? wants his
0: rocker park He wants know? his
1: yeah, corners yeah, yeah, yeah. And Avon says to Stringer And I quote You know the difference Between me and you I bleed red And you bleed green I look at you these days String You know what I see I see a man without a country mm. Not hard enough For this right here As in the street." But maybe not smart enough for them out
0: there. You know the Oscar nomination just came out. I don't know if I should put you forward. Listen. <laughs> I have an acting background, but we'll talk about that.
1: <laughs> now that in, just, yeah. in just a couple of sentences, he fully emasculated Stringer. Yes. He Took is. away all his manhood. I mean, not literally.
0: But no, but he 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 gave him a dressing down. Dressed right. him down. Yeah, he did, he did,
1: he Dressed, was. so hold on. You're not gangster enough for here. Yes, yeah. And you're not even smart enough. So where's he supposed to go? Yeah. Yes. That scene was ill. The last that one I want to talk scene. about in terms of masculinity is when Cutty comes across Bodhi and says, you look like your brother James. And Bodhi smiles. I think it's like one or two seconds. Yeah, yeah, he does. He smiles because someone remembers his brother affectionately. And two, he's probably thinking, well, here's an OG that's come out of jail. Cutty, as in the cut from the jail. He's come out of jail and he's speaking about my brother in um, so fondly. Yeah. And he's showing... Fodness towards me as a result, but then he just cuts out of it. Yeah, he snaps out of it. Snaps yeah, yeah, out yeah, yeah. of it. So that scene said to me that hold on, is he just is he? He
0: can't even be happy for a moment because he's letting his guard down, or he's being the man. That's what it is. You You've got to keep that hard yeah. face. Well, I'm thinking about it now that you're saying this, right? And 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 that is an interesting point. If you look at Michael. He smiles and he's got a real beaming smile. Yes. But he goes into his ice cube scowl face immediately after. Because his innocence That's, was ripped it's, away. It's default. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know people like that. You, know, you want me to be totally honest with
1: you? Yeah. There was a phase in my life where I was walking around on the street and not smiling because I knew it would put people. I thought in some weird way, people won't try you.
0: If, yeah, you, but if you're it, not smiling. When you, when you you know what? When you come from a certain area, certain background, yeah, you have to mm. do that. You'd have to do that. I got told I had a Southall boy face. You had a Make what? Southall boy, like face. Yeah. So, uh, South boy. Yeah, yeah. Southall yeah. boy. Yeah, because there's uh, there is a Southall boy kind of um, character. Character. You ain't scaring no one out here, boy. Yes, I am. <laughs> do you not hear my voice? My voice and uh, as eloquent as it sounds. You sound like you this... come from a four bedroom house. <laughs> so, look, you would be cool. right. It's cool, dude. Like you know, you, ain't, you know, you ain't you ain't built for that, man. It's, and it's fine. And it's but, okay. But, but the. You're right, they, That that is absolutely something that is in that show. And again, I think it is about letting your guard down, you can't. Yeah, because remember, Marlo said he don't dance. Oh yeah, he does not dance. Marlo doesn't dance. And I said to myself, why doesn't Marlo dance? Because then I
1: thought, oh, because... By dancing, uh, it's showing that, one, he's enjoyed himself and, two, he's distracted.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's that thing about the, 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 the goons, they don't
1: dance. Yeah, and it's also that kind of life. Constant paranoia and having to look over your shoulder. That's long. This is why I love Diddy. He dances all the time. Yeah, because he ain't got no one to... I mean, the people who who, who would want to get him are either in jail
0: yeah, true or point. they're
1: dead. And he probably got a Morris Levy waiting for him right now.
0: Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, masculinity in uh, Sopranos, I, I, I mean i am just kind of it's like uh, ron seal it's just saying mm. well, it's completely full of masculine characters there's very few um characters who are female that display that kind of um overt masculinity or strongness the only ones i could think of were carmela and melfi but you know phil leotardo classic case of the as you said earlier the you know you know, very extra, extra hyper, hyper masculine uh, character. Tony, who wants to show a side, but can't. He always has to show a strength. He can't let guard down. That's why he's at the top. He, mm. can't, he can't show any weakness whatsoever. But there's
1: a scene where, where Johnny Sack's daughter, she gets married and Johnny Sack's in jail but he, they let him out oh, for the wedding. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And yes. he has to go back to jail before the wedding ends. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. he starts crying yeah. as a result because he doesn't get to see, you mm-hmm. know, his daughter's special day end. Mm-hmm. And Phil Leotardo clowns him for showing that kind of emotion. Mm-hmm. This is the same guy that got Vo killed and it's to me, it's almost like, well, hold on, this is his daughter getting getting married. This guy is doing time for the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you're gonna laugh at him yeah. for showing emotion. Yeah. To me, I, I thought that part sucked. And and that's, I mean, look, look at AJ. Look, look at look at his plight. He becomes depressed because he can't be who he wants to be. Mm. Right? He has to fit a certain cult a role, role, a certain character. And if he doesn't do that, you're almost discarded. Mm. Right? You're almost discarded. Um, and yeah We can talk all day About masculinity yeah. But it's it's Sopranos is full of it Yep definitely I think Since, we, since we've
1: since spoken About masculinity Yes Let's flip it on its head Yep Talk about feminism Why can't you put it side by side
0: Why you got flip side Why put woman down for Safe night
1: <sighs> Like I was saying <laughs> We're going to change subjects Right now Let's talk about feminism um, As you know Feminism Um you know, if you're aware of what's going on in, in the world today, um, if you've got your pulse, um, if you've got a pulse, I think you, you you, will understand that feminism is a hot topic. You know, you've got the Me Too movement yeah. and, and so forth. And, you know, I think the rise of of women um, in society and women stepping to the forefront, which I think is a good thing because men have been in charge for a very long time and we haven't done a very good job. Um, but then on the flip side of things... That means I, I I feel guilty Listening to the second NWA album But that's a whole other podcast That's a different podcast Yeah That's, that's a different, a different podcast. podcast But feminism In The Wire You have some really strong characters In The yes, Wire Yes Who are women um, Characters that come to mind I, I, I think of Brianna Barksdale Most deaf, She puts her child into the drug game I mean she, she sees the drug game Like it's a vocation You know, the same way our parents said to us, you know what, Chris, you should go to college and do an English A-level. And I'm glad I did it. Shout out to my parents for encouraging me to do that. But she puts her son, she puts her son in the drug game and basically says, look, man, you got to take them 20 years.
0: Can we have a moment of silence for the fact that you just equated Brianna Barksdale as giving her son a a vocational She gave him career (laughs) advice. That's what she was doing. Here's your options. Uh, Here's your your options, D'Angelo. Be a drug dealer. Be,
1: for the a, that's, yeah, be a drug dealer. <laughs> that's the family business, essentially. The same way certain families, you know, we have a butcher shop, you're gonna sell chicken for the rest of your life. Or like Indians, you have to be a doctor, accountant, lawyer, I'm not, a surgeon, I'm, you know. Yeah, it's a similar it's a similar thing, yeah. so I've heard. <laughs> Other strong characters, you got Delonda, Delonda Bryce, Naaman's mama. Ah, oh. She to me is I don't want to say waist yell. Is that what they're saying? I'm not saying anything. That's what I heard. That's what I've heard people call I her. I right? saying nothing. She is the worst example of a mother yeah. I've ever seen in a show. You know why? <laughs> Once again, she knows her child is not built for the game. Yet she's pushing him out. to Ask Bodhi for a package. What kind of advice is that? Yeah. Ask Bodhi for a package. She's saying she's not saying, well, go, go and ask Bodhi if you can go and intern. At the local market. Go and ask him for a package.
0: It's true, right? When she's like doing her nails or something or she's watching TV or something. Oh, yo, yeah, she, doesn't she
1: was name. spending all that WeeBay money. Yes. But you know what's crazy? Here's what I found out about Delonda. She uses the surname Bryce. Her and WeeBay were never married. No way. They were in the storyline they were never married, but yet she's taking his name. Why? Because she's in love with the street life. She appreciates the allure and she's living off the strength of WeeBay. Wow. And she puts that before her own child. Delonda wow. Bryce, you are a deplorable human being. <laughs> you are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> Other strong characters in the wire: are Snoop for obvious yeah, reasons. Of course, of course. Ron I think district oh, attorney, yeah. the redhead. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, she, yep. she
0: she she gets around with uh, Mcnulty. Mcnulty and, and Daniels. Um, wooden Daniels. Yeah, like, can't move. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that Daniels. Yeah, yeah. She, can't she, move the um, shoulders. Doesn't,
0: she, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She she lacks variety. Um, you also had Teresa. I can't pronounce her last name. Teresa's the the, the woman who works with Car Carcetti. Is it Carcetti? They call him or Carcetti? Car, Carcetti, I think. Carcetti. She's his campaign. Oh yes, fixer, yes.
0: She, the she, really she, attractive lady she, that Jimmy ends up with. I don't know about that, but she ends up with. She's attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. attractive good luck with that
1: marla daniels as well to me she's oh, almost yes. she's yes. she's um sees daniels's moral compass she's um, his wife right she's Her, his wife and yeah. some of the things she says to him she she encourages him yeah. she props him up she is almost his conscience she says a quote in one of the episodes and they use it at the beginning of of the same episode you can't lose if you don't play the game yeah yeah and to me that was one of the most profound things that was said in the wire I love her because She never raised her voice She never She was never angry But she had such gravitas And her words Carried weight Yeah And I, I don't know The name of the actress Or actor who plays her But I will find out afterwards. But I think she, She's one of my Favourite
0: underrated characters okay. If that makes sense Okay. So Sopranos um, Obviously we have to Talk about Melfi um, Obviously she's Outside of the family um, She's an intellectual she has a more of a she has a different moral compass to the to the rest of the women in the show. Carmella, I'd like to say she's strong, but she's not strong enough to at times to leave Tony. It takes, it takes a lot for her to leave Tony. She, you know, there's that moment where she keeps thinking she sees a therapist, and the therapist goes, I'm not taking your money. You gotta leave your husband. I'll take I don't take blood money. And she thinks about it, and she goes, Oh, it's for the kids, and da-da-da. But then, you know. When Tony comes through with a a nice bracelet, a nice necklace, she's back there again. Um, Are you saying she was bought? I don't think she was bought. I think she had her reasons. That I don't know. But from from a viewer's perspective, it was almost like... You want to be strong, but you can't. But then she's also representing a lot of people who are in relationships, not like that, but in relationships where they may want to get out of that relationship, but they can't. Mm. They might be scared. They may feel what they're going to do. That's true. She says, you know, what am I going to have to find an apartment. I have to think about the kids. And maybe that becomes overwhelming that she just settles for, uh, I've lived, I've got this far. I might as well stick with it. She takes, com- she puts comfort before her
1: own happiness, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sad. And I think like uh, Charmaine, Art wife she takes no shit yeah she she yeah she, she wore she, the trousers in that house right and she saw what you know the the association to to uh, to the to the soprano family the whole crew she knew what that meant she tried to steer her husband away but couldn't and ultimately she leaves him for it really because mm. she he just doesn't have the clue um so that that's with the with feminism and, femi- and and the female characters that are strong in the sopranos yep so should we do best episodes I'm ready. Ready. Let's do this. Let's do this, right? So let's do wire best episodes. Okay. So, I'm
1: going from. I've got three best episodes, and when I say they're the best episodes, they're my personal yes, no, so favorite okay. episodes, right? Okay. So the cost. I think that's season <laughs> one. The cost. Uh, episode eleven. Please don't quote me on this, David Simon. I'm sorry, um, but that episode is where you know Orlando. <laughs> I love. Shout out to Orlando <laughs> and Kima go undercover. Oh yeah, that's a great episode. The action. In oh that, yeah. The yeah, action yeah, in that yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. My heart was beating. Yeah, constantly yeah. it's the scene where Orlando gets killed yeah. and Kima gets injured yeah. and it really kind of unravels for, for, for Wee Bay and all those extra people um, and when I say extra people little man Wee- little man <laughs> Weebay ends up killing little man and then they're going to have to yeah. clean up this whole entire mess yeah. that comes from actually you know the attempted murder of a police officer yeah. I think one of the key things you should look for in that scene is that they play Unfriendly Game by Master Ace in the background and it's really it's really important because, you know, they're on their way to do some dirt. Someone's going to get killed. You know, it's going to be a drug boss gone wrong. And I just think unfriendly game really heightens the tension in, in that scene because it basically talks about the streets being an unfriendly game and it compares it to different sports and uses, you know, different sports and game analogies. So it's, it's, it's real deep. It's real deep. One of my favorite episodes. Um, I think my second favorite episode, Middle Ground. So, Middle Ground is episode ten of season three, and it's where Stringer gets killed. Right. That episode was something else. I'm going to touch on it at the end of the podcast. But the Wire didn't really win many awards. Nope. It won next to next to none. Nope. Um, it was hardly ever nominated for Emmys. I think it was like two occasions where it was nominated for an Emmy. Um, the episode Middle Ground was nominated for an Emmy. Mm. If you guys ever watch The Wire, if you, you know, I would definitely recommend watching The Middle Ground again. And the reason why it really, it really hits me in the chest, square in the sternum, is because I was like, how can David Simon kill off such a key character in season three? In season three, I couldn't. I, I sat, after that episode, I literally had to sit there and think, what did I just see?
0: It was that deep that was great it was a, it was a it was a great episode definitely.
1: and it's also it also made me think how you know the lies that we tell and the you know the 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 um dishonest things we do how they can eventually catch up with us catch up yeah, with yeah, you yeah absolutely and more you know more often than not they will catch up with you the house always wins okay middle ground <laughs> middle ground middle ground episode It's was one of the latter episodes I think it's the penultimate penultimate means. Once before- the last. All right, yeah. So it's the penultimate episode of season three. Awesome, awesome, awesome episode. And the writing was crazy. My favorite episode of The Wire, it's the most heart wrenching, heartbreaking thing I've ever seen on TV. It's the final episode of season four, final grades. <sighs> when you see what happens to these four, the four main kids in that season. So, yeah, Michael. He he starts his descent into becoming the next Omar. Randy ends up in the group home. Yeah. Dookie ends up. I would not in that particular episode, but he starts his journey into becoming the next bubbles.
0: Yeah.
1: And Naaman ends up being the one who gets the way out or gets offered the way out, which is crazy because when you think about his lineage. And who he's the son of, Either I thought, automatically yeah. thought this guy is going to end up like his daddy, yeah. or he's going to find himself in a situation that he's not built for and end up dead as a result. But that's the brilliance of The Wire. Like I said before, it really kind of rips hope away from mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. and it provides you with all these different alternative endings and routes for their characters. But the part at the end of that episode that I love the most is, is so subtle. It's so subtle, it's crazy. There's a scene where Naaman. Is, is outside his new house With with Bunny Colvin And guys if I get some of these details wrong Please forgive me I haven't seen this episode in a while And Donut Who is one of the lesser characters From earlier in the season Drives by with a stolen car Oh yeah yeah Right? Yeah yeah So they give each other You know the black man head nod It's, it's a thing <laughs> It's a thing Right? The black man head nod Donut But do you know that Donut drives off And the scene shows A picture of a crossroad he comes to a junction in the road. And to me, that was symbolic of the crossroads that every character oh. in that season had to, had to basically uh, approach. They had to approach this crossroad. And, and choose. Make, the- and right. choose. But the crazy thing is, and I keep saying crazy, is that sometimes or there were, there were occasions where it wasn't about them making the decision. The decision was made for them.
0: Someone yes, like, yes. someone yes, like yes,
1: the case yes, of, like you look at dookie like his you thought because he was so smart you know he was the computer literate one that he was the one that's going to find a way out but when you see you know he's from a family where you know the drug users addicts he's ultimately rejected bullied picked on and he ends up being the next bubbles episode i think it's episode 13 season 4 final grades it's the second longest episode um, in the, in the, in the series, but also like unanimous universal acclaim. Everybody says this is some of the best TV yeah. you'll ever see. I forgot to mention, Boldy gets killed in that episode. Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah. That's and it. this is where he he really starts to take responsibility and yeah. say, look, this can't go on. And he was he's decided, look, I'm gonna I'm basically gonna tell. McNulty, all the stuff that's been going yeah, on with yeah. Marlowe. His, his words were, Marlowe has to fall. Mm. Well, what was crazy is that when I'm seeing, I keep saying crazy. Can, I, can you give me another word? Mad. What's Yeah, what's mad? <laughs> what's mad is the, is the way that Bodie gets killed because to me, it's reflective of the chess game mm-hmm.
0: that D'Angelo was telling him and Wallace about in season one. Let's use mift as the next one. Mift. Yes, a miffed i'm 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 thoroughly miffed or flabbergasted i'm flabbergasted yeah let's use that yeah, the, uh, yeah. You, flabbergasted yes not only do you get why soprano talk but you get synonyms over here <laughs> at the breaking <laughs> atoms podcast should we talk about the uh the best episodes from soprano hit me okay not, not
1: literally uh, yeah absolutely you, you, you well we're talking sopranos so they hit you, each you, other you won't win you won't win though
0: but go ahead okay um so college uh season one loved it it's a it's a great episode tony takes meadow to see colleges um and before they go they find out that oh well, on the way rather tony sees he what he thinks is a snitch who's the witness protection he confirms it and then this kind of cat and mouse game while meadow and tony are seeing colleges there's this cat and mouse game between this snitch and tony what i found amazing is it kind of almost blurs the lines between tony's mob life and his family life right so in the first season there's the things with the ducks which represent his family and when he kills the snitch at the end of the episode there's ducks again at the end of this, at the end of the episode i didn't see that but and i, I mean again, i saw it yeah but... yeah but it represents the whole thing of his family again. Mm. but it was almost so close this is where you know meadow asks are you in the mob are you in the mafia yeah, she asked him straight. Yeah, no, she, she played no games. Yeah. She's asking him, are you in the mafia? And, and he doesn't know what to say to that. He lies to her. He, oh, you can see he doesn't like lying to her, but he has to. Mm. All of that is blurred in this one episode. But the cat and mouse between uh, Tony finding out where the guy li- uh, works, and that was absolutely brilliant. Um, one of the, the most uh, acclaimed episodes, and I think it's kind of considered the best episode uh, on the surprise, is Pine Barrens. So Remi- this is remind me about that episode. So this is where. So Christopher Moltisanti and Paulie have to pick up money for Silvio's ill. They go to a Russian guy. Um, is that the one where they were in the forest? Right. Go ahead. In go the ahead. wilderness. Yep. It's yep. Snowing, they have to find a van. What I love about that episode is you've got two guys who obviously love each other but also hate each other at the same time at that point. Mm. So Chris is made is made guy. He's under Paulie. Paulie's riding him right so he's kind of like pushing him around you know pushing him too far chris doesn't like it all of a sudden it's them two in the wild and they've got to survive but there's also those moments where so much tension that you could think any moment they're gonna blow each other's heads off Mm. they both got guns they're both strapped at any point one left turn and they can kill each other but they find a way to come through that We don't know what happens with the, with the Russian that they end up going. There's a lot of speculation that, you know, he has amnesia. He gets, he gets away. He gets amnesia. David Chase goes, I don't know what happens, blah, blah, blah. But the show, the episode itself is, is fantastic. Um, Blue Comet, which is the penultimate of, of the, of the whole show, uh, cause everything just hits the fan. The, the beef between Leotardo and Soprano, you know, they have to hit the, the mattresses, as they say, in the mob. That was a great episode. You got joined the club where Junior shoots uh, Tony. And he doesn't know. He's at this point. He's now. He doesn't know. He was a great character. Oh, he was Uncle, amazing. Uncle Drew. I, can't, I should have put him in my favorite character. Yeah, he it. was. He was a really good character. He was he he was brilliant. And that whole that sets up that kind of who am I? You know, where are my dream sequences? Dream sequences happen quite a lot in the Sopranos. And they're fantastic. You do, it, sometimes you're disorientated, but they say a lot. It's about the dreams. It's psychoanalysis. It goes back to mental health. It goes back to therapy. And that where he, you know, he's, um, he's in the bar and he's hearing himself and he's coming in and out of consciousness and all that. It was absolutely brilliant. And then obviously there's uh, Funhouse, season one, I think one. But Funhouse, where they kill a uh, big pussy. Sal. They kill him that, on the boat. On the boat, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a sad scene because they were sad. Actually,
1: they actually had a toast yes. before they did it, right? Yes. Yeah. But,
0: but again, the dream sequences start then, mm. right? So that's where you know he's speaking to the fish, and the fish kind of tells him, "Yeah, I've you know it's Sal going, yeah, I've been a snitch. You do, I'm sorry." You,
1: you, you do know that you're um, you know, this Tony Soprano character is being the man. You're kind of taking that all away now. Why? You're dispelling the, the legend of Tony Soprano. No, ow. Because you're talking about him looking at ducks and talking to fish.
0: No, nah, it was a fish. Yeah, but he was.
1: He. Bad man, a- man no chat to fish. <laughs> you understand? And then obviously, I've got,
0: I've got to talk about the finale because um, I think they got it right. I, I did three episodes, bro. What, why are we like. I'm still going. Okay. It's, that's how, it's, it's, it's why it's such a great show. The finale, they got it right. Tony got sprayed by bullets. Uh, it's like everything else In those kind of Mafia movies And all that And Sopranos Was supposed to be a movie Originally mm-hmm. uh, And then it got shelved And blah, blah blah But If you got sprayed with bullets uh, I would have felt Weird I'm not gonna lie
1: When I I was watching it um, One Sunday morning mm-hmm. With my lady And We thought the TV was broken We were like I said, What's that? It's, it's great Because At first I was upset But then I sat there And I thought about it And I said Yo, these people are deep But I don't want to spoil it You finish what you're saying? No I'm nah, going to it. I'm right, gonna
0: add to it Right I'm, I'm going to smash this bar remember when, I remember when I first saw it And I, when it went When it faded to black I was like I want to clap Because they got it right I've seen shows like Seinfeld They get it wrong So many shows Get their finale wrong Dexter Right Wrong right? I'm looking at you Dexter Wrong How I Met Your Mother Wrong Right There's so many shows That just get it wrong They got it right here Because what ends up happening is it becomes almost what how we talk about hip-hop fans talk about rockefeller we're always talking about that era Mm. we're always talking about what if Mm. right what if jay and dame got back together what if cam had become president what if this happened what if this happened what if this happened why are
1: you such a rockefeller because i am
0: because i am so it's that he even bought rockefeller trainers ladies and gentlemen rockefeller
1: trainers he has a mortgage to pay while he's buying rockefeller trainers
0: anyway (laughs) proceed but look if, it, if they kill him, it's weird um, If he lives, there's no justice So the best way to do it is to create the mystery Yeah, because in and, and some ways I mean, not in some ways, but it makes the Sopranos live on forever Yes, and that's, that's I mean, the conversation So Rockefeller, as we know, Rockefeller record is dead Right? Done It's done But do you know, any time we think about a reunion Or we see a picture of with and Dame, we Day Oh, what if, what if mm. That's the Sopranos But,
1: you know what I think is created I mean, I keep saying You know what I th- you know what, what are I th- you miffed about this time? I was really upset at first, but I did some analysis. Go on. There was a scene. I think what, what was it? What was the episode where where Bobby and Tony having some kind of heart to heart, and Bobby says something along the lines that the bullet that kills
0: you or something. Yeah, you never hear it or see it. They're in the boat, right? right. I think that's it. that's final oh, scene that's right. that's plays right.
1: on that. I think Tony's dead.
0: No, it it is it. It does Tony's they,
1: dead they, And he got killed by that guy That members only jacket That's who did it <laughs> The one
0: who went to the toilet? The one who went to the
1: toilet And remember Meadow walks in Yeah Just before The scene ends So Meadow would have seen her daddy get killed Well Meadow saw it all
0: that, that It's a It's a possibility
1: Meadow it's a possibility. Saw it
0: It's a possibility I'm gonna
1: make a tune called Meadow saw it Meadow. <laughs> Meadow, sorry.
0: Right, let's talk Guys, we're talking about The Wire and Sopranos together There are a few characters Who appear in both shows Now, this blew my mind Right I missed it <laughs>
1: But I want you to I'm going to sit and listen And be, a, a, be an attentive student Go ahead
0: <laughs> Okay, so uh, Michael K. Williams Who plays Omar in The Wire Appears sure? I would have seen you. In The Sopranos In season three His name is Ray Ray I don't know what the hell that was, but that was me flossing out here. Anyway. I can hear the penny dropping, right? Mm-hmm. Uh Bodie. He is in 46 Long, season one. That I definitely got. Because I watched the Sopranos recently. I saw him there. Uh Bill Rawls, who plays the uh who's in Bill Rawls in the in The Wire, plays a DA in season two of The Wire. And then I don't know if you remember the Vernon. Sopranos. Sorry, Sopranos. Um, I don't know if you remember uh, Vernon Holly, the detective who works with Bunker McNulty. Really tall guy, yes. big dude. Yes, he he plays um, kind of Christopher's gambling manager of the sports book. He appears very briefly in the cameo. So when uh, Chris is into poorly for some money it's because he didn't put the spread on some of the show uh, on some of the games. And uh, Vernon Holly, as we know him in The Wire, he has a brief cameo in that, and it's also really, the, it's really interesting, bro. And and Morris Levy does like a uh, he came back. He did like he didn't come back to life because uh, they shoot shoot him down. But um, he's uh he does a voice of an advert in season six of The Sopranos. Okay, you got to send me some links to these, bro. Yes, absolutely. Um, should we do little uh rap references in in both shows as well? You know it's. Cr- you know what's crazy. You know it's crazy.
1: You know it's crazy. You know, oh, you my know God. crazy. oh my God.
0: You oh my crazy. God. Oh my God, Chris. Did you know what's crazy? Oh my
1: God. I am the rap encyclopedia. <laughs> People can vouch for me. Like, if you listen to any of my music, all
0: the cuts and stuff. Are you, are you talking about Wikipedia or are you talking about like Oxford encyclopedia? No, I'm talking about I am the source. You are the source. the source. You are the main source. Pun intended. Okay.
1: I can't really remember too many references to The Wire in rap songs. Like, I know, for example... There's little here and there. just little here and there. I remember... Buying a um, stimulus package
0: Oh Freeway,
1: yeah. Jake one And there's a song on there called One Thing And Freeway makes a reference to you Bubbles from the wire type dude Right, right, so, right, right So b- I heard that line before I saw the wire So Bubbles was essentially a snitch Okay, so he's basically saying You remind me of Bubbles from the wire Because you're a snitch um, One artist who I love I love, I love, I love his music Is Sky Zoo Yes His album is His album's just wire references. He's got a song on music for my friends and it's called asking Bodhi for a package. <laughs> asking <laughs> Bodhi for sh- a package. Shout to Sky Zoo. If you go in his MySpace, this is how old school I am. You go in his MySpace. I think he went to like a wire convention. He's got pictures with David Simon. Every- okay. All these okay, types of people. Okay. But it doesn't surprise me because of the, the kind of depth in his writing. It doesn't surprise me that he would gravitate to a show. He's Brooklyn, like right? He's Brooklyn. Yeah, and Michael
0: Rick. K. Williams is Brooklyn too. Michael K. Williams yeah, is Brooklyn. Michael is. K.
1: Williams is Brooklyn. Okay. So yeah, right. White, the Sky Zoo and the Wire. Like even when he promoted his, his, he's promoting his new album right now. Right. In celebration of us, he tweets out the album sampler link. Testers is out. <laughs> Quoting Bodhi,
0: first and fifteenth. First and
1: fifteenth. <laughs> Dude, Testers is out He didn't even say I've got a new album coming Testers
0: is out Okay, so I know uh, there's Eminem does like a reference to Canard uh, The little boy Omar I know Sean P makes a reference to The Wire uh, On a song called The One um, I think in Sopranos We've got obviously the biggest one that I know of Would be Hove, Crazy in Love Og, was it? Was he say, "Og, the big homie, the one and only"? That line. Um, uh, pockets fat. Li- po- pockets fat like Tony. So ref- okay, yes, that's, yes. That's that's. And, and Jay Z was a big fan of this. Yeah, movie, I've, right? I've, I think I don't know where I heard this or read it. That he ho. I mean, I don't know hove, um, but he used to host like. Weekly parties at his house to like screen the show. Can you imagine? And, can you imagine what it would be like to go but to his the house racism? So the, but the racism in that show towards black people, like sometimes I feel, I feel very uncomfortable. Well, you know
1: why it's good because it's crazy. Okay, it's crazy. It's yes. crazy. It's it's uh, crazy. What is? what are I'm you making about put, now? I'm getting this put on a shirt. You know what's crazy? It's going I'm, on a shirt. It's crazy. You know what's crazy? That's a good one. So many rappers from the 90s, Jay-Z included, had this whole mafioso thing going on. You had The Firm, AZ, Jay-Z, all these guys had Italian um, pseudonyms. But now they they had it, it was for us to see, you know, behind the scenes, like, this is how some of these people thought about us. Yeah, 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 absolutely. This is how, and I'm not saying all Italians or mafia people don't like black ethnic or whatever, but... It links into something Tragedy Gaddafi said uh-huh. that the reason why he went with that whole um, Iraq or Iraq Cuba right, type right, right. thing is because he wanted to emulate people who were gangster, but not, not, not necessarily Italian mobsters because he felt, he mentioned the scene in like Goodfellas, you know, about the drugs, that's for the blacks. And he yeah. said, I don't know if it's Goodfellas, but there's a yeah. film, Goodfellas or the Godfather, one of them, where, he's, where they reference drugs and being for, 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 for blacks. Mm. And he said that rubbed him the wrong way. Right, and it's when I was watching The Sopranos, and then I saw the way that Tony responded to Noah, and he made reference to you know, it's not that we don't like you, we do business with you, but that's as far as
0: it goes. They they use they use they use a very uh, we'll I'm make not, money with you. I ain't saying the term, but they they use a derogatory term. Yeah. a lot. There's a scene where AJ
1: and his friends, AJ wasn't involved, but they no. beat up this guy. Yeah. and they use the N word. Yeah, 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 and, um, yeah, yeah. AJ yeah. can just literally all he can do is literally just sit right, back right, and that you know that. Right just thrusts him into even bigger depression but okay. um yeah so, in terms of hip-hop references as well one of my i think my favorite scene from the sopranos is the scene where they're taking pictures of um junior being crowned the new boss and exhibit paparazzi oh yeah yeah, yeah in the yeah. background well
0: actually speaking of of uh old school really good rappers um there is oh, damn it don't know the episode can't remember the episode name but melfi has a therapy session with tony it's when he's seeing gloria the car salesman and he lies to melfi in her face that he's seeing her because she openly asks him she gets on the phone after that has a has a conversation with her son who's sitting in his dorm room and it's really i mean i watched it i was like oh my god that is so blatant in your face there's a bumpy knuckles album promo uh, poster just where he's sitting industry shakedown I don't know if it's industry sake. I can't, It's too. All I, would, I no, can make out been, that would have been no. It would have been too. It would have been. That would have been later. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there is. I can obviously make out Bumpy Knuckles, um, Freddie Fox. I can't see the exact thing, but it's an album promo because you can see album promo. That's deep. And it's it's deep. It's deep because I was like, I've never seen that before. And he's sitting by the window, so they could put anything there. Yeah, that was done. Yeah. So I don't know what happened there, but Bumpy Knuckles gets a reference in in The Sopranos. Can we do one more hip hop reference? Go on
1: in The Sopranos. Lord Jamar oh, is yeah. in is in an episode I think Oh it's yeah he is where, where he is. Tony's in the hospital yeah, yeah, yeah. and they start talking and they're watching yeah, football yeah, 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 yeah. and it's one of the one of the few moments where you had two people from different cultures they, they were one yeah, they yeah, were yeah, in alignment yeah, yeah, yeah. on that particular day.
0: Yeah. Definitely
1: Lord Jamar says Lord Jamar says something to Tony and he, he makes a reference to oh so everything is everything yeah. and i think tony kind of agrees with him he gives yeah, him yeah. gives him some kind of sign that i agree agree with you everything is everything is the name of the third brand newbie oh, album, album. Yeah. that came out i think it was you got, you got 91 i think it was like 93, 93. 94 mm-hmm. it was called everything is everything so that's a pretty okay. cool uh okay. reference to the to to, to hip-hop right. and also yeah. lord jamar
0: was approached to play or audition for the role of omar Ah, interesting. Yeah. So
1: that's a fun fact. That's, a, that's one of my fun facts. So let's,
0: let's get into a couple of more fun facts. Yeah. So that's a fun fact. So let's carry on with that. Uh, I'll do some Soprano ones. Uh, Christopher Moltisanti, I think his name is Michael Imperial. He wrote some of the older, the, the later series as well. Um, he gets shot on the leg in The Goodfellas by Joe Pesci for just making fun out of fun of him. And it's an interesting symmetry because I don't know if you remember the episode of uh, Chris in the Bakery when he has to get some like italian sweets and the baker kind of brushes them off so he shoots him in the leg okay that's a symmetry gotcha right um because that's what he does mm-hmm. that's what he does to the kid in the bakery now mentioned it earlier about melfi and ray Liotta. Uh, supposed to be the original tony and carmella uh, ray Liotta didn't want to do a tv show basically he didn't want to be tied down he also do you reckon he regrets it now no, maybe. But I think he was like, I've done so many mob stuff and Ray Liot is classic for the mob stuff. I don't think he needed to do that. I think Gal Dufini was the right choice in yeah. hindsight. Uh, Ray Liot was also considered for Ralphie as well. Uh, but they went with, uh, with someone else. Um, here's one, right? Breaking Bad. It's about 10 years old now. Another amazing show. I'm sure we'll do a podcast on this. Yeah, we have to. There is... A reference in Breaking Bad to The Sopranos. So, in Breaking Bad, there is a member of the Juarez drug cartel. Now, he, his name is Juan Bolsa, right? Yeah, he, he's serious. Right, right, he's serious, right? Yeah, he's a serious High-ranking yes. member. Very he, serious man. He's the contact yes. between Gus Fring and, and Walter. Very serious right? man. Completely, right? Yes. Now, remember that. He's the go-between, the intermediary, Right. Now, it's a big word. Wow. Thank you. Juan Bolsla, if you translate it from Spanish to English, Juan is John. Bolsla is bag. Another word for bag is sack. Stop it. Johnny Sack is an intermediary between New York and Jersey. Stop it. That's way too deep. Yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, you went. Now, you no. know what? F- your fun fact. Are-
0: it's true.
1: That's, that's what he was. You see, what, you see what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen? This is the show where we're going to break it down to the very last compound. We are now translating <laughs> names. I was not expecting that one. You, my man, are very smart. <laughs> you smart. Ready for my fun fact? Yeah, let's go. Most definitely. Most okay, def. so my first fun fact is... Oh! First one is uh, the character of Omar. In The Wire, Omar ends up in jail. His connect, Butchie... Basically sends two people to protect Omar Because Omar's robbed half of Baltimore Right Half of right. Baltimore is in the jail They are going to rob him Or they're going to kill him mm-hmm. Butchie Who is basically his unofficial bank Sends two of his boys to protect him Now there's a tall dark guy With a with a little kufi on mm-hmm. That guy is called Donnie Okay right. Donnie is really Donnie Andrews Donnie Andrews Is the person who they based Omar on So just a bit of background wow. on Donnie Andrews Donnie Andrews was basically a stick up kid in, in, in Baltimore. He had a heroin addict. So, you know, the big man in Baltimore said to him, Oh, look, I need you to take out two people. It was a contract killing, and I'll give you X amount of money. To support his heroin addiction, mm-hmm. he actually went out and killed this person, right? Afterwards, he was riddled with guilt that he actually went and turned himself in to Ed Burns, right? Who is a producer on The Wire. Wire. Cut a long story short. He's in jail, he turns his life around. He does like anti-gang workshops. He, you know, he works with the young people and, you know, tries to play like an intercessory role mm-hmm. in terms of putting them on the right track. I'll cut a long story even shorter. David Simon and Ed Burns rallied for his early release. I think his appeal failed a couple of yeah, times. I heard about the but they rallied right? for his early his early release. Um and he, he you know he was released um just for all the good work and stuff that he'd been doing. And he ended up becoming a producer or slash consultant. He was a consultant on the show. On the show? Wow. So a lot of the scenes with Omar like when people dropping the drugs or you know like um him jumping out the window. Omar coming. Omar coming he didn't actually do the whistle by the way he that didn't. was recorded by someone else. I've forgotten oh. the name of the actress because Michael K. Williams can't whistle. Wow. But that character in the show Donnie is played by Donnie Andrews, who they based the Omar character on. want to say rest in peace to Donnie Andrews because he passed away in 2012.
0: Oh, indeed. Oh, indeed. Speaking of uh, characters as well, there's a lot of that passed away we'll talk about as well. But yeah. Yeah, that list is long. That's a yeah, long obituary. Yes.
1: My second fun fact is some of the people who ended up playing certain roles didn't actually audition for those roles. So Jamie Hector. Mm-hmm who plays Marlo. Marlo, Marlo Stanfield, a very deplorable human being, he auditioned, He first auditioned for the role of Cutty. Now, when you see Cutty, it wouldn't have worked. No. I think the right person got the yeah, Marlo yeah, role. Yeah, yeah. Gabenga Akinagbi, p- look, please don't kill me if I've pronounced your name wrong. Chris Partlow, I love you. I've just pronounced your real name wrong. He... Auditioned for the role of Marlowe himself Did he? But ended up as Chris Partlow. Once again, I think it's the right decision
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah.
1: Lance Reddick, who plays Lieutenant and later Major Cedric Daniels He initially auditioned for the roles of Bunk Okay Bunk, Moreland And Drug Addict Bubbles Now, look (laughs) Lance Reddick, i got love for you Some would say you're, uh, you know, you were a bit wooden and stuff But I liked you I, I got time for you But there was no way... You could have played Bubbles after Andre Royo. No, sir. Do you
0: know I'm giving you the same uh, eyes, the stern eyes that Daniels gives McNulty when he's fucked up? All the time. (laughs) All the time. All the time. And my last
1: fun fact in terms of the roles that people audition for. um, Trey Chaney, who Mm. plays Poot, Mm. he originally auditioned for the role of Weebay. He was a rapper as well, wasn't he?
0: The Poot guy. Was he? Did, he 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 doubled. He doubled. The rapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Hassan Johnson played Wee Bay to to the T. Shout out to my man Panama as well. He he was uh, he was also in the wire too. Um, Who's that? So, you got friends in the wire? Yeah, he played. No, don't he don't stunt. Actua- don't try. No, stunt on me. absolutely. He's a rapper nah, don't, too.
1: Don't don't try and stunt on me. Um, I, can I do one more fun fact? I got one more as well. Go on. There was gonna be. I don't, I'm not going to say there was gonna be. But if there were ever to be, if there was ever to be a sixth season mm-hmm. of the YR, mm-hmm. David Simon had uh, an idea. Oh
0: yeah, right for it. On.
1: There wasn't going to be a sixth season because I think you know HBO were like, look, the, the ratings on this show are just yeah. This is this is not it. Uh, maybe David Simon thought, okay, this show's run its course. But if there was to be a sixth season, they were going to look at immigration. Oh really and the influx of latino people in baltimore oh, wow so the way that david simon broke down the drug trade yeah, the school system that, the uh, governing bodies he would have touched on immigration and immigration is a hot topic all over the world of there course were, absolutely p- people are gaining political power by yeah, leveraging yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. people's yeah. i don't know their, their uh, misinformation or misunderstanding the, the, yeah, yeah, regarding immigration yeah. can you imagine if the wire had tapped into immigration
0: that, that, that i didn't know Yep. That I didn't know. Six seasons. So Silvio, he invented that character. The guy who played Silvio, he invented that character. That wasn't ne- that wasn't originally written in the show. He, he kind of created that character. He also is in an E Street band as well. Yeah, he's the guitarist, right? Yeah. Well, how do you
1: pronounce it? Is it Steven Van Zandt? Yeah, Van Somewhere Zandt. Like-
0: he also did Lily Hammer, didn't he? As and I actually, think Lily Hammer was based on Silvio. On Silvio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like yeah. a mobster who, you know, even though he, you know, ends up getting batted up in the, you know, last episode. Good fun facts, dude. Yeah, no, absolutely. We should give a um a little R.I.P. to some of the characters who have left. have uh, not left, who have dearly departed, uh, who are no longer with us. James Galdefini, um the FBI, FBI director, the Pellegrino. um Livia, who plays Tony's mum. She died during mm. the production of the show. Uh, um, oh, is that why she was written out? Well, she, they, yeah, because they put a CGI on her head, which was weird, and then later she dies in her sleep. And I think they maybe wanted to give her one last thing, because while she was... She was integral to that storyline. Yes. And she's integral to Tony's life. But Another domineering mother. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, narcissist, absolutely, to the worst. But yeah, she was stroppy as hell, but played it well. She also uh, passed away. And I know there's, in The Wire... There's
1: loads. Um, yeah. I can't remember all of them. Yeah. The list is
0: so long, dude. There is, there is.
1: Um, we've got a Facebook page and we'll throw up some of these names, but I definitely want to say... Rest in peace, Donnie Andrews, who I mentioned earlier. But also, I think his name's Robert Chu, who plays Proposition Joe. You want to parlay on that? He, um, he, he, he passed away.
0: Um, nah, that's sad. He
1: was morbidly obese. Um, you know, he died is of that, health. He was that health. why he
0: died?
1: I, I can't remember, but, you know... Was I it health-related? It's health-related. Oh, that's a shame. Um, in, in contrast to the character he played, he was a very quiet and private man. Um, he, for me, had one of the best quotes... What did he say? In the wire. It would never be said now on TV because it's so not politically correct. But Uh I'm going to say it anyway because I cracked up laughing. When Stringer told him that he was calling him Brother Muzon as some extra muscle.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Proposition Joe said, he said, Brother Muzon? That guy got more bodies on him than a Chinese cemetery.
0: Wow. Close thread. Now, Prop Joe was a solid character. He was amazing He was brilliant He was amazing He, he was he, If you want to parlay I love the way he said parlay Yeah Parlay want a par, Always want to parlay. parlay On that Always want to parlay You want to talk on that Let's talk on that I love that That, that was brilliant Right Coming towards the end uh, What we've done uh, Seeing as we're British lads British know, lads British lads Yeah gonna, wait, wait 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 Right so Football Here we go Here we go Here, here we go. go No
1: that's a really bad impression
0: Tony, we do. Oh Tony, we love you, Tony Okay. Um so we thought we would do a five aside of characters from Sopranos and the Wire and is the wire dude. Yeah am right, not right. playing with you. Alright, alright. And and we'll do like a little brief description on, on why. Uh I'll give it to I'll 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 give it to you, Chris. No, you start. Oh You know oh. why?
1: You know why Ladies first? Is yeah, that why? Ladies,
0: first. Okay, safe for that. <laughs> Say for that. <laughs> Emasculating me in that. Okay, so five aside. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Right. I'm going to go kind of like goalkeeper, a couple of defenders, midfielder, attacker, and a manager. You've gone way too deep, bro. In, in goal, safe hands Melfi. Right. She will always be there. She's reliable. Right. She knows what she's doing. She can kind of lead from the back right, a goalkeeper, good goalkeeper, knows how to communicate, she knows how to communicate, you know what I mean, she's not Simon Mignolet, you know what I mean, I'm a Liverpool fan, it's not that, right, she's David De Gea, all right, so in defence, if we're looking at defenders, I want some steel, right, I, wa- I want a solid defender, so I'm going with Paulie, right, Paulie Gaultieri, he's he's there, he's experienced, he's seasoned, he's a vet, he's the uh, Beresi, right, he's the Maldini of defending, right, that's what he is, right, so that's, I'm going with Paulie, uh, Alongside him in defence, Leotardo, Phil Leotardo, Mm. right? I need him, right? Think of him as Cannavaro, real, like, those kind of uh, comprehensive Italian defenders, right? Those Mm. are the people that you want, those classic defenders, Cannavaro, that's Phil Leotardo. In midfield, I'm going with a bit of steel. Think of Tony, like Roy Keane, actually not Roy Keane because he did, no. We'll go with Vieira. Right, so Tony's like Vieira. Uh, and in attack, I've got my live wire, Christopher Maltasanti. Right?
1: Yeah, he's hungry.
0: Yeah, he's hungry. Hungry. If you, if you guide him in the right way, if you pay the right through ball to him, he'll take it. Yeah. And then my manager, Sylvia, because conciliary, you know.
1: Yeah, that's a good five aside. Yeah, who's yours? But your five aside ain't touching mine, bro. Okay. Okay, so who, who would be. Oh, so you said Sylvia would be your manager? Yes. Okay, so. My 5 side is, right, mm-hmm. in goal, mm-hmm. in goal, mm-hmm. right, my goal, you need someone who's got a protective nature about them. Yes. Right? Bunny Colvin. Oh, that's a good one. Solid dude. Yeah. Stepped in, saved Naamon. Yeah. Naimon. He saves him. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. saved Naimon in the same way a goalie would save the ball from so going so in the net. So he's safe-hands bunny. Safe-hands bunny. And that literally, I didn't have a goalie until I just said that. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, right? Look, you see the paper. I had Avon in goal, but then I said, no, Avon can't go in goal because Avon don't get his hands dirty. No. No. My defense, I need some solid people. Mm -hmm. Solid, solid people. Mm -hmm. None are more solid than Weebay. Yeah. Weebay took life in prison without parole for sandwiches, right? (laughs) He is solid. He's solid. He never considered snitching and he took his sentence like a man, all right? I read a piece that said Weebay is the first person Avon calls when he needs someone killed and the last person who would tell on him. Oh, wow. Deep, deep, deep energy. Yeah, okay. And how many defenders I need? What, two? Ah, you can go with what you can have any formation. We're flexible you here. Yeah, we're flexible. Okay, so midfield. Go on. Midfield, I need someone with vision. <laughs> vision, dude. You need some Leona Messi in your midfield? I need, yeah, I need, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going deep. I need someone like Messi. I need, I need someone who's forward thinking, who can see where the ball needs you, to go. You need a Coutinho, okay. I need a string of bell. Oh yeah, aspirational, forward thinking. Okay. Always ready. He was. He was Avon's eyes and ears. He saw everything. He sees the play. You gotcha. see. Gotcha. Now this is the this is the part where you're gonna get deep. Okay, hit me. Two. I got two. I've got. Def- I've done the goal. You've done, done three defense. players. You got three. two more players. I got two more players. Yeah. Strikers. You're going. Okay. So you're going one. One midfield. Cause Str- wow. Because Stringer, Stringer was. He saw everything. Okay. 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 He okay. He saw all going on okay. behind him. Okay. Strikers. Yeah. Chris Partlow. Assassin. The assassin. No, you know what? Yeah. Chris Partlow. Chris Partlow was real cool. Yeah. He very rarely raised his voice. The only time he lost his cool was when he killed uh, Michael's dad. Dad. Oh, yeah. He with did. his bare hands. Yeah, yeah. He,
0: he viciously killed him.
1: Because it's alluded to in the storyline that he was molested
0: right. as a kid.
1: And Michael's dad was molesting, molesting. And him. Whoa. Yeah. So that's why he actually, that's the only time he doesn't kill anyone using a gun because it was such a personal, it. a personal thing for him. So I'll have Chris Partlow
0: as a striker for his killer instinct and just being ruthless. So I think Onigola Solskjaer was the babyface assassin.
1: Let's not, let's not um, talk about that guy. Okay, cool. He played for Man United. Yeah, no, I don't oh, like Man United either. Yeah, one of my best friends in the world is a Man United supporter and mm-hmm. I don't like him. Yeah. He can go away. Another striker. <laughs> this guy is the epitome of a killer. Okay. Brother Muzong. Oh! This guy made his him. own guns.
0: I love Brother Muzone. He
1: made his own guns. And that's a stri- we need a striker that can make their, create their own opportunities oh, and take opportunities.
0: Oh, oh. Brother
1: Muzone. And he was walking around the projects with handmade guns in a two-piece suit. Nah, he was deep. And he had an English accent. Yeah, he did. Brother Muzone.
0: Kind of like mine.
1: Brother Muzone. And who would I have as a manager? manager? Prop- Proposition Joe. Yeah, job. yeah, yeah. Proposition Joe Because with Proposition Joe we probably win the game Before we step on the pitch He probably
0: made a deal I don't know about your formation But that's a different story
1: um, I probably Someone said to me What about Bubbles? I said I'm not having Bubbles on my team Why? He probably showed up to practice high No
0: he, He's not reliable No I don't
1: want Bubbles no, on my no, team
0: no no. No, no no You don't no, want Van no, no. He's too much of a hothead He'll get sent off
1: Yeah I don't you Imagine imagine, just, imagine Bubbles on your team bro oh, No 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 you,
0: you're, you're failing Liability Liability Okay that, that, I'm pretty impressed with that 5 Do you six. think my team would beat yours? I
1: mean... I've got Chris Partlow... I mean, all right, I'll
0: I'll go with it. Yes, please. I'll go with it. It doesn't mean I actually believe it, but I'll go with it for the sake of the podcast. You know, I'm I'm doing it for the family. This is where you say most deaf. No. Okay.
1: So as we head to the closing of the podcast, I think it's important that we talk about the legacies of both shows, the impact that both shows have had, and how we speak about these shows now and in the future... To me, The Sopranos and The Wire are like Biggie and Tupac. Fixtures in top five conversations. In the same way, you know, you can go to any corner of the world and when you ask people about their top five rappers, you're not surprised if Biggie and Tupac are in a conversation. You ask people about the best TV shows, they'll often say, you know, The Wire, The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, is, you know, gets a mention. So let's look at the legacies and see... Let's look at the legacies and, you know, what we... Enjoy yeah. most yeah. about each show and what we hold and what we hold there. So I'll start with, I think the legacy of the Wire. What I think is going to be the legacy of the Wire is the fact that it wasn't necessarily a ratings hit. The Wire was like that hip hop album that all the purists loved. It's the it's the Illmatic of TV, right? Illmatic, one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time. People often say if there's one hip-hop album you should ever listen to, it's Illmatic. But it didn't exactly light up the charts. No, it didn't.
0: It didn't do well. It didn't sell like a million after a couple of years later. Illmatic's Uh, been out for how long? What, 24 years now? Uh, 94 it came out. And it's
1: only sold about a million copies.
0: Yeah, it didn't do well. So absolutely. It
1: didn't do well. So I think the legacy is the fact that, you know, it's, its status in history has not only come from critics, but people who constantly rediscover the show and tell people, oh, you know what? You need to see this show called The Wire. Mm. That person says, you need to see this show called The Wire. On that note, I want to shout out Michael Griffiths, who was my manager at the company I worked at in 2013. I came into work one day talking about, yeah, Breaking Bad. You know, it's, it's amazing. You know, thanks for letting me see it. The-. And then he was like, if you think Breaking Bad was that good, <laughs> you need to see The Wire. Yeah. When I watched the show... My brain and soul was illuminated. I want to shout out Michael Griffiths, Michael Griffiths, for putting me on To The Wire. It's a rewarding but challenging watch. You're not going to get everything straight away. No. There's many obscure references. You'll miss stuff. You've got to
0: go back and watch stuff. But everything is beautifully woven together. I think the same can be said about surprise. You'll miss things. It's woven together. You'll always catch new things. I I watched it uh, some of the the earlier seasons again. And I see after um, Sal, uh, Pussy, gets killed, uh, there's an event. I think it's uh, probably a... I think it's Janice getting engaged to Richie Aprile. And there's a moment where um, Tony and Sylvia are talking and the window uh, and the mirror moves. And you see Sal again, but he's a ghost. You don't catch it. He's a ghost. It's Tony getting something out of the cupboard, there's a mirror there. He moves the w- mirror, you see Sal there, he moves away, he's gone again. You need help. Right. So, the, it, the same could be said for that. The only thing I'd say about watching The Sopranos, especially in this climate, is they're coming for friends about, you know, the way certain characters are portrayed, mm-hmm. uh, the sexism, things like that. I don't think... Uh, the Sopranos is really edgy. In, in everything, in, in the in the violence that they show and things like that. I don't know if it would stand the test of time. I think they would be calling for its head um, in this climate. And maybe it's just one of those things that, it, you know, certain shows have their certain time, but I don't think in this day and age people would really look at it in, in the same way. Yeah, I think
1: yeah. it's the same. It's the same thing with The Wire. I think, it, you know, in today's politically correct era, yeah. it, some of the stuff wouldn't fly. It, but, w- it wouldn't fly.
0: But yeah, The Wire for me is the omatic mm-hmm. of, of TV uh, but Breaking Bad, I'm I, not Breaking Bad. Sorry, I think Sopranos is the precursor to Breaking Bad. Yeah, definitely, it is. It is. Walter White is a gangster. Say what you will, he's a gangster, right? Tony's in waste management. He's <laughs> a gangster. Walter White is a teacher who becomes a gangster. That that's it's one of its true legacies that it inspired everything else mm-hmm. to come. I think I was lucky to watch The Sopranos when it was actually active and a bit of The Wire when it's active too. Um, just to catch up with them because some people watch it now and go, man, I missed that. And I yeah. missed that, and it's that hype that you're I think, in. I think it's different. You know, if you
1: if you to compare it to music, is like I wasn't listening to hip hop per se when Public Enemy yeah. was reigning. You know, on top of the game, and a lot of the older guys are saying, you know, you should have been there." But then I look at some other people like I was active when Wu Tang were doing it, and you know, people come after and listen to it and they love it, and you know, they feel the same way I thought. But it's just different yeah. when you're watching it. As it happens. And I think those are my two regrets. I didn't watch both shows yeah. while they were actually yeah. happening. But if we were to go back to The Wire and mm-hmm. its legacy, what I love is the fact that they use virtual unknowns and less, lesser known actors. Yeah. like yeah. Idris yeah. Elba wasn't necessarily, uh, he wasn't a headliner right. when he got the role of Stringer Bell. Now when you look at Idris Elba, yeah, the women love him and you know, he's an accomplished actor. He's great. But he had to, you know, is he from Hackney?
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think he might be... I think he is hackneyed. So he
1: had to leave London, essentially, to get his break on The Wire. And The Wire initiated the career of Idris Elba, or, you know, set it on a whole new trajectory. And also Michael B. Jordan, who's blowing up now, yeah. who did Creed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even he's, he, Black, he's in Black, Black Panther. Black, Black Panther. So, when, yeah. so, when, so when D'Angelo was like, where's Wallace? <laughs> where's Wallace, string? <laughs> Wallace is in Hollywood.
0: That's where he is, D'Angelo. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it there. Uh, it's been a, a good first episode. Uh, we'll have more to come. I want to thank John Robinson from Cleek Productions for allowing us to
1: use his studio. I want to shout out Darnell, who was the unofficial Darnell! engineer. Darnell is my man. Like, here's, here's a fun fact about Darnell. I did a, a wedding proposal, hired a cinema, all sorts. You know, had to push, had to raise the bar, like like David Simon did with the wire. Anyway,
0: Darnell he did not just do that. No. Yeah,
1: I, okay. I all right, all right, carry on. Darnell did the voiceover for my video, and he's only realised today that when when I came in the studio, he was like, oh, it's for, it was for you. I'm there thinking, i got to take Donald to Nando, say thank you. He didn't even realise it was He was saying me? it
0: was for you because he thought if it was for you, he wouldn't have done it. Probably. Yeah.
1: Probably. But I owe you Donald. I, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time.
0: Nah, thank you to everyone here. Who's, and
1: thank uh, you. you yeah. Thank you to everyone who's. Because, we,
0: we, we, so, because where we're from, we never
1: use our real names. <laughs> That's true That's But you know Most people do know me as Chris And um, very few people Know me as Kineg But down I appreciate you Thank you so much And guys Listen Hope you enjoyed the podcast Our social media handles Are At Break the Atoms On Twitter Facebook Soundcloud Break the atoms because some other fool has taken the social media handle breaking atoms oh and he's not using it properly so what we're going to do is get this show to become really really popular then we're going to speak to facebook twitter and all those types of people and say we need the breaking atoms handle and hopefully we get it appreciate your time tell a friend share the links do all that stuff breaking atoms breaking things down to the very last compound and we are out.